a strange tale of Nazi scientists, government black operations, and extraterrestrial horrors is right up my alley. But in this case, there are several men who claim that it's all true. It's December 11, 2022, and this is Abs and a Six Pack! Here with Sir West for another new live son of a bitch. After the six pack, this is a new live son of a bitch. Twist me up. Give me more twisting. Science fiction fans, this is real. You have hopes there's a parallel universe out there. Scientists at Oak Ridge National Lab say they're looking. He looked at him and said, you're who? And I said, I'm Dr. Van Neumann. I said, you can't be. We left him about an hour ago. He's a much younger man. He said, no, I'm sorry, gentlemen. You're no longer in 1943. I'm 40 years older. This is 1983, and you were at Montauk, Long Island, part of the Phoenix Project. Well, we thought he was nuts. However, he gave us the grand tour of the underground base. We saw computers which did not exist in 43. Graphic displays, large screen color TV, and other electronic apparatus totally beyond anything we knew of in 1943. Like when we would go to Camp Hero on, on a um, school visit, on a field trip, and uh, we would be separate from the other kids. They would take us separate sometimes and bring us to places where they wouldn't go. And they had the hatchways. They would ask you, do you, are you ready? And uh, one time they asked me, do you want to go down there? And I was scared once when I was really so I was like, no, I don't want to go down there. So they singled out a group? Yeah. They took you to Camp Hero? Yeah. When they said, we're going on a trip today, whatever this, this field trip was, what did they say? Do you remember what they said? The lighthouse. You know, it was the lighthouse, yeah, but Camp Hero was right there, a quarter mile away. We walked over there, you know. People dying in the name of science. Thousands of kids, kids died in this program. The, 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 Everybody knows that that, I mean... Oh, it's episode six back up or so, 175. Here with Sir Wes of Beer, Better, Better, and Bubble, or Older Dash. Sir Waz of Beer, Better, and Milder Dash. Sir Waz. I forgot already. Sir Waz. So much happened between the end of No Agenda and just now. I was pushing buttons. Things weren't working. uh, Yeah. But thank you to Adam and John uh, for that fantastic introduction, and thanks to Bimrose for the time slot as always. But we're we're late. Thanks, Adam, for correcting my name. (laughs) We're about. Half an hour. I don't know how long that took. It felt like an hour, but you know, at least 15, 20 minutes of troubleshooting. But now we're here, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to have some fucking fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much mm-hmm. fucking fun. We'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doo out of your assholes. <laughs> I did get a, um, before we dive into the topics, <laughs> I did get a new uh, jingle. From a listener named Sam. I don't know if he wants me to dox his whole name, so I won't. But uh, it's uh, it's the Alex Jones I've been drinking beer jingle with a new Bill Nye twist. I've been drinking beer! Beer, 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 beer. It's great. It's pretty good. Hell yeah. I've been drinking beer! Beer, 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 beer. That's going to get abused, used and abused, I can tell you right now. But yeah, um, so we're here. We're going to, we had like a... Just a, what would you call it? A, a smorgasbord of topics that are all kind of interconnected. We've been talking about. We talked on the phone the other day, and you said you'd never heard of Oak Ridge, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." Well, we gotta. And um, yeah, I mean, I've heard of the Philadelphia experiment, 
But I have to tell you that when you suggested this and I started looking into it, there are so many threads. You could pull so many threads. You could do a million shows out of this one topic. It's like all centralized in these. Yeah, this is this is good. This was uh, it was hard to figure out <laughs> which which direction I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, um, I had the same thing. I kind of got I kept going down different little rabbit holes where I would usually hit a dead end, especially with this kind of a topic. But I don't know. I figured since um, we can kind of weave back and forth between everything we want to talk about, because like, and this yeah. is we'll probably you know this isn't a one show topic by any means, but. Um, couldn't be no we're gonna no we're gonna we're gonna once and for all definitively tell you exactly what happened with project that's that's our guarantee on this show right i guarantee it <laughs> you're gonna like the way you look uh i i uh I, I think oak ridge would be a fun place that we start at and then we can maybe leave it for a little bit and come back to it but um i have a clip on uh, a couple clips a series here but it kind of maybe is part of the reason you've never heard of oak ridge because for the first uh, half a decade it existed, it was like a top-secret town. Pretty interesting. Oak Ridge, Tennessee is a small American town just like any other. They've got a Walmart, a Dollar General, an Audi, a thermonuclear weapons development site, and two McDonald's, and yet from 1942 to 1945, Oak Ridge, which was at the time the fifth largest town in Tennessee, did not exist. And this isn't like how Canada doesn't exist. Oak Ridge actually did exist, but nobody knew about it. In October 1942, the 1,000 or so residents of the area came home to find notes on their doors telling them they had six weeks to get out. The government had acquired their land through eminent domain. I'm sure that was a bummer, but too bad. There was a war going on. I'm sure that was a bummer. So I'm, I'm a, I wasn't there when it happened, but my grandfather was just a tiny little kid in the, I guess it would be the late 30s at that time that they took the land of my great grandfather and his family and like all those other people gave him pennies on the dollar kicked him off and then they built the huge oak ridge complex in that whole town and they still i get invited to them but uh, i haven't been in a couple years but they still the wheat the wheat community still has those reunions where like a bunch of old people go like remember when they took our land from us everybody goes yeah so Uh, they took the whole town and what the people that worked at the naval laboratory or the national laboratory they they lived in the town so it was like a secret town yeah they weren't nobody was allowed to leave or enter the town for years it was like a it's like another area 51 type thing yeah yeah Uh, except it was it was like a literal town of population of like i think almost eighty thousand people I'm sure that was a bummer, but too bad. There was a war going on. So, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, after all the fences and buildings went up in a matter of months, the recruited workers were told next to nothing. All they knew was that their work would end the war. Spoiler alert, it did, because they were building the atomic bomb in what was known as the Manhattan Project. The name supposedly originated from the fact that the sites were quite similar to New York. They used the same amount of electricity due to all the machinery, the air was toxic, they had to overpay the residents to convince them to live in bad conditions, and the people all thought they were more important than they were. The bad guys in World War II were not great, so it was pretty important that the US didn't accidentally leak information to Axis spies. Therefore, the entire 75,000 person town of Oak Ridge, Tennessee was 100% confidential. Not even the vice president knew it existed. When the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, that was the first time that all but a select few individuals even knew such a bomb existed. It was pretty, you know, bombshell news. 
The way the government <laughs> kept this enormous operation confidential was just as ingenious as the technology they were building. Oak Ridge did not exist on any map. Houses were built outside the town and brought in to be placed so as few construction workers as possible would enter. Every single piece of mail going in and out was searched and read through not only to make sure that there were no details of the work going on within the fences, but also to be sure that nobody was including codes that communicated details. There were signs like this all around the town reminding people that what they were doing was secret. But in By the way, the sign is the three monkeys, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkeys uh. with their... You have their hands covering, ones covering their eyes, their ears, and their mouth. And it's like, They're just nine use? monkeys away. Yeah, and then it's like, what? And the sign says, like, the billboards they had there said something along the lines of, um, what you see in Oak Ridge doesn't leave Oak Ridge or something like that. And they had, you know, all these signs throughout the town basically saying, like, you're being watched. Like, don't, if you leave, we're going to get you type shit. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah, that's got the government's one vibes for sure. Yeah. Secret. But in the government's mind, with 75,000 people, it was inevitable that a few spies would get in. For that reason, almost everyone had no clue what they were doing, but not in the way that I have no clue what I'm doing making comedic YouTube videos. The workers literally did not know what they were building. Uh, this guy is rich, isn't he? Yeah, no, his jokes are bad. According to one estimate, only a few dozen people knew that the atomic bomb existed before the bombing of Hiroshima, even though hundreds of thousands of people at Oak Ridge and other Manhattan Project sites built it. The workers learned about what they were building from the newspaper the day after the bomb dropped. Each and every individual would have a single task, and the only people who knew how it related to other tasks were the few highest-ranked scientists. One individual, for example, was tasked with watching a dial, turning a valve when it reached 100, and that was it. He had no idea why he was doing that. The individual tasks were tiny and mundane. It was like working at McDonald's, except that at McDonald's what you make kills Americans too. Another individual working in the laundry was told to hold up a machine to each article of clothing and listen for a clicking sound. Little did she know, she was checking for radiation using a Geiger counter. Security officers roamed all around Oak Ridge and monitored for anything suspicious. Groups of more than seven and having the same person over repeatedly was considered suspicious, so residents avoided that since they knew that if the security officers were suspicious in the slightest, even if it was unproven, they would get kicked out for good. If a leak was proven, the resident would either be jailed for 10 years or fined the equivalent of $100,000. Overall, the bad guys in this war were really bad, so Americans were really into the idea of winning, so even those that had a good idea of what was going on in Oak Ridge kept silent out of a sense of patriotism, not wanting to let out information that could help the enemy. Throughout this all, however, Oak Ridge had stores and restaurants and even sports teams. Oak Ridge looked like a regular American town just one that built the most deadly weapon that has ever existed. Now, <clears throat> what I was thinking by the end of that clip was, don't, like, anytime somebody tells me, like, how could the government keep something a secret? Somebody would have yeah. said something. Yep. It's like they yeah, kept an entire town, <laughs> entire yeah. town secret for years. Well, not just, it's they compartmentalize the whole thing, too. Yeah. So you don't know what anyone else is doing. Like, if you listen to that KGB guy that was on uh, Lex Friedman's podcast, he was like, I didn't know what the other guys were doing, and I wasn't even supposed to ask. Otherwise, I would have been in trouble. So you just, you don't know. So everything's compartmentalized. So, like, you know, I got skeptics when I talk about stuff, and they they say the same thing. Oh, someone should know. They they would say something. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but when they do, you know, they're, they're all called quacks. And the reason why most don't is because they don't really have the whole picture. 
So right. it's rare that someone knows the whole thing. So, anyways, no, yeah, that's exactly. It's, um, and it's how it's how it worked um, theoretically with the moon landing, but in the movie Capricorn One, um, mm. they kind of like the compart. They kind of have a good representation of how compartmentalization to fake a space mission would work. So yeah, it's the is everybody's doing one little tiny piece, and only a couple people at the top know exactly what everybody's doing collectively and but they might the people at the top of that organization might not even necessarily know why it's being done so yeah yeah well i have a friend who was a medic at area 51 and uh so he would have to drive in every day and uh they they were underground it was it was an underground base um but he didn't know everything that was going on he just knew that when he had to respond to something that was happening in the base then they would go but they they didn't know anything else Right, so if you ask him any kind of questions about anything else going on Area Fifty One, other than the fact that it exists, because it does, um, that you know, did you see aliens? I don't know. You know, we we weren't in a place where there were aliens. If there were aliens, I mean, he's like he didn't know anything, and they weren't told anything. You just had to go respond to whatever thing that they, you know, someone having a heart attack or something caught on fire. Or, you know, they have to go respond to those things, but they don't get to see anything. You right. know, and they don't get they don't, they're not told anything either. So yeah, except it did exist. He did yeah, have to he, go underground. <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll get to the underground bases here in a little bit. Uh, just, there's a lot of there's a lot there. Um, mm-hmm. Now I um, well actually let me play this because I thought this is like a uh, I think this is like a 20 second news report here. This is uh, Oak Ridge Labs cancels uh, accent class. Finally, Oak Ridge National Laboratory has canceled a class to teach employees how to reduce their southern accents. The course was advertised as a way to feel confident when you speak and be remembered for what you say and not how you say it. But several employees were offended by the class and complained. A lab spokesman says the class probably wasn't presented in the right way. Now, I I go to Oak Ridge. I'm in, I'm in Oak Ridge what multiple that times news? a week. What's that news clip from? <laughs> that was uh, the Chattanooga Times. Oh my gosh! The right yeah. way. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that they were. Trying. Oak Ridge was like, "We got too many rednecks working in this top secret lab. We need to do a class like to teach them how to sound like normal people." Um, but no, uh, no, I, I go to Oak Ridge on the regular basis. I work there a lot. Um, actually. And I've I've seen I've hung out there long enough, especially at night, to see like weird aircraft. Most of them are probably like uh, advanced drones, uh, predator yeah. drones and stuff flying around. But following you, yeah. Well, <laughs> never that close. But uh, I mean, they could probably see me <laughs> if I could see them. I guess if they're any good. But um, and they, and they they make directional changes that a that um, in, like a jet or an airplane I don't think necessarily could do. But uh, I'm not a oh I'm not a um, plane ex- or a ufo expert or a plane expert but i would assume they were military drones up there I've, I've definitely seen ones that i know were drones but freshman year we did like a prom type thing for my school and on the way back that night it was in oak ridge and the guy i was in the back seat the guy driving we're all going to this christian school you know the guy driving takes a wrong turn and we're just going down this paved road through the woods and all of a sudden out of nowhere like six dudes in full camo and ARs just pop out from behind mm. the trees and point their guns at us. And they, we, they, they dude rolls down the window. We're all like shitting. I mean, I'm a freshman in high school, so I'm sweating bullets, <laughs> shit myself. Um, but the, the military guy who just comes up, the, one of them comes up to the window and he rolls it down. He's like, y'all need to turn the fuck around right now. And that's what we did. 
So there's definitely like <laughs> there's definitely uh, some shenanigans going on in Oak Ridge. The more I've looked into it, I can't find too much. Um, but I don't know. Do you want to hear about portals or UFOs? Well, real quick, uh, portals, by the way. But real quick, uh, you know that Oppenheimer movie is going to come out here pretty soon. That Christopher Nolan. So I, I imagine Oak Ridge is going to get some uh, attention again because oh, nice. uh, he worked out of Oak Ridge National Laboratory for the uh, atomic bomb. So uh, oh, I imagine yeah. that's I imagine that's going to be in the that's Tennessee's be back on the map, again. dude. We got Cocaine Bear coming out soon. That movie about the oh, yeah. bear that happened in Knoxville. The actual yeah. cocaine what was bear. the last big. What was the last thing? It was uh, uh, Daily Wire moving to Tennessee. Isn't that like the last big news that we got out of Tennessee? Um. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I mean, this place. This place is. I pretty, like Oak, Tennessee. <laughs> this place is not like. There's not too much going on here, other than uh, I think we have the. Uh, Oh, actually, I didn't clip it, but what the, I heard an FBI guy or a DOD guy that works at Oak Ridge talking about the uh, swamp. What was it? No, the skunk ape, the Tennessee skunk oh, yeah. ape. He's like, we don't have Bigfoot here, but we got the Tennessee skunk ape. <laughs> oh, that'd be another good show. Yeah. Do all the uh, Sasquatch stuff. And by the way, uh, our local Hanford nuclear facility here in Washington State uh, provided the plutonium for the atomic bomb in Oak Ridge. So you're welcome. Wow. It was a group effort. Yeah, it was a coast. It was like a it was it was a World War II potluck. Yeah, well, um, you know, we all had to do our part. So you said portals, portals. I love all portals. Right. Okay, it's better with this, portals. Well, let, let me start. Let me just uh, give you a little bit of this news article here, real quick. Um, this was uh, NB, NBC News. Uh, I guess this was. I don't know. It's got to be a year or two ago, at least by now. Did a. Uh, a piece called uh, scientists are searching for a mere universe. It could be sitting right in front of you it's from uh, NBC news.com at Oak Ridge national laboratory in Eastern Tennessee. Physicist Leah Broussard is trying to open a portal to a parallel universe. Um, and what's, what's interesting about this is they, if you read through it, it's like, okay, yeah, we're trying to like reach another universe. But then at the end they go, but we're not actually trying to reach another universe. Um, it, they're, they're oh. trying to, <laughs> Uh, How does that they're, work? They're trying to teleport neutrons into a, a, a parallel universe. But, of course, everybody picked up on this. It, and it is interesting that, like, the way they phrase it, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what my opinion on this is because the more I read about it, the more I was like, I don't really know what's going on here. But I'll, I'll play a local news report. There's, i got a couple of these. And they're interesting because this Leah Broussard chick shows up. She's like the the PR head. And why is she talking about what they're doing in a top secret laboratory mm. on local news all the mm. time anyways? But she's like, so I don't even know what she does other than get her picture taken inside a top secret, secret lab by local news and talk about portals. So, yeah, here's the first Oak Ridge portal clip. Science fiction fans, this is real. You have hopes there's a parallel universe out there. Scientists at Oak Ridge National Lab say they're looking. They haven't found it, but they're still trying to understand the mysteries in our universe. Here's Erica Lunsford. Shows like this have brought up the Terrible thought of a parallel universe. I've been contacted a lot by people um, asking about, you know, the portals in this story. And for every person, it means something different. Ever since news broke about research being done at Oak Ridge National Lab to see if neutrons could get through a portal, scientist Leah Broussard has found herself answering that question. As a scientist, I'm, I'm inspired by what I read in science fiction. And it's really exciting to think about, you know, portals to for new and exotic places. Um, but there is a lot about our universe that 
we don't understand. Broussard says her experiment is not to see what other worlds are out there, but to learn more about dark matter, something that makes up 85% of the universe and something researchers know little about. The portal that we're talking about is a figurative portal. It's not a literal doorway. We really just mean a new interaction between the neutron and the dark matter that we don't understand in the universe. The goal of the experiment was to see if we could see neutrons going through a wall that we knew should stop neutrons. Um, the idea being if neutrons might be transforming into dark matter, dark matter doesn't seem to interact with our ordinary matter, so it would just pass through the wall. Did that make your eyes glaze over or what? Have you ever No, made- I actually I actually understand <laughs> what they were saying. I really do. Well, yeah, I mean, if you believe in dark matter. I mean, that's what they're trying to find in CERN. Right. At the Large Hadron Collider. I mean, yeah. that's like their that's like their thing is that they're trying to go subatomic and and that has a lot to do with they got Einstein's the unified Shiva theory. statue on top of that place and they're doing rituals yeah. and shit. <laughs> I know, dude. And yeah, but they're not doing anything bad, dude. So, you know, chill out. Okay. I won't worry about it then. <laughs> it's just gonna uh, rip a hole it's not a big deal it's it, not near it, you it's in sweden anyways they don't care it bothers me that the only person the only spokes scientist i can find on local news reports is always this lady um yeah she's controlled opposition it's it's uh, one of the things that i i thought i learned about or that i thought about as i was learning a, a lot of these things uh over the, the last week or so is that everything that you can look up like every thread that you can look up that has to do with all these projects or all these places, there is something that's also called that, but is not that Uh, right. So it's almost like, like they had to name something, the same thing in order for your search to be, or for it to be led down this path and not the specific thing that you're actually looking for. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I think she's, I think she, she sounds like controlled opposition. If she's the only one that they let in, you know, she's the only one that gets the Oak Ridge beat for scientific stuff. Then, well, she's, she's not the she's reporter. Not the no, she's the she's the science. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But she's the, the she's like a scientist that works there. But why are they let her? Why are they like letting her talk about opening portals or and looking for parallel universes or discovering what dark matter does when you really break it down? Is what she's trying to, I guess, really do. But if this is all top secret, why are and she's a government employee? Why are they just letting her come out and talk about this when they? And I don't know. It's just. It's weird, and um, I'll play this next one because this uh, this also is, I grew up in Roan County, and this is all. And finally, theories about the East Tennessee connection to the popular Netflix show Stranger Things are resurfacing ahead of the season three release. Here is 10 News reporter Stephanie Hates. This is the native ad, I think. For, I don't think a lot of this, too, is just native ads for Stranger Things. It's the strangest thing. On the eve of the show's third season, fans are recirculating theories that Stranger Things is based on East Tennessee. Of course, the most obvious parallel is the National Lab. But a Reddit post from two years ago points out connections specifically to Roan County. The post says there's a Roan County bus in the first episode, plus there's this shot of the Roan County coordinator. And fans say it's uncanny. The Roan County bus, um, there's a government facility uh, in Stranger Things. We have one just right down the road. Uh, it completely makes sense. Leah Broussard is a staff scientist at the Oak Ridge National Lab. And as a fan herself, she sees how one could make 
connection. I think a lot of what we do here can seem mysterious. Behind her is the magnetism reflector instrument at the Spallation Neutron Source, and here's her project. We're looking for the possibility that neutrons might have an invisible twin. And if they do, that could be indicative of a theory of called mirror matter. To the layperson, that sounds a lot like the upside down. I could draw some parallels, but only in kind of a fun way. And if there's one thing true about the show, she says it's this. I think it really makes me nostalgic and, and remember all the reasons I became a scientist. Stephanie Hayes. So w- that you could open portals that demons come out of and possess people and murder people? Oh, so is that a that's what happened in to Stranger background? Things. She's like, I watched Stranger Things and it reminded me of why I became a scientist. So I could open a portal to hell and have a bunch of fucking yeah. aliens come out and murder children. What the fuck? You watch Stranger Things and that, and then it reminded you. Why, it just bothered me when she said that. I don't know. It's controlled. It's controlled. Don't don't look over here. <laughs> it's dark matter. We're not yeah. racist. Uh-huh. And remember all the reasons I became a scientist. Stephanie Haynes, WBIR Ten News. That's definitely a. And this quick the note: the Department of Energy says the lab in the show does not exist, and the agency says it doesn't explore parallel universes and we really can't add much to it because none of us have seen the show. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does not our local news is uh that's just a taste of the local news we got here it's pretty good stuff they're all on edibles yeah and then, then there's a bunch more I, I clipped them but i don't really feel like playing them all but there's there's clips of local news saying like well um ornl came out and debunked the Fringe theory that there's a portal to an alternate universe in Oak Ridge. There's a couple reports yeah, it's of that. Uh, the Oak Ridge thing is is interesting because the Manhattan Project happened after all the stuff that happened in Montauk, apparently, um, and the Philadelphia experiment with the Eldridge. So they were just continuing the things that were happening at Montauk, and it even actually some of the stuff even went up to the to, oh, what's the what's the air base up in the Joint Base up in New Jersey. A lot of things went up there as well after uh, Montauk Air Force Base uh, was retired or whatever. So decommissioned. Pretty, yeah, decommissioned. It's pretty interesting. So I think Oak Ridge probably got a lot of their stuff too. I mean, to, to think they're that doing our, some, they're definitely doing stuff there still that they don't want anybody to know about. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 secrets there, and they're yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, um, let's see. I okay. One, I, I'm gonna give you two different options before we wrap Oak Ridge. Do you want to? I love this. Do you want to know about um, a brief synopsis of Oak Ridge UFO sightings, which seem fairly bogus, or do you want to hear this um, jackass like get in a confrontation with the cops because he's filming outside one of the um, facilities in Oak Ridge? Oh, I mean, let's listen to the jackass. I All think right. that's what the people want. Howdy. What's going on? Nothing I know of. Officer Weaver. Oh, and this is um, this guy's filming with he's whole, he's got a GoPro on his head, and he's got a camcorder in his hand, and his wife's got a camera. So like this kind of switches back and forth between cameras. And I also uh, tried to trim some of the fat and cut out some of the dead air in here, so you'll hear a couple edits and stuff. Howdy. What's going on? Nothing I know of. <laughs> Officer Weaver. Weaver. Detective Weaver, I see. You got a detective on there. All right, you guys need to be seated. I'm sorry. You guys need to go. You need to go? Yeah. Why? I can't hear you. Can you step away from the road? I'll step back here. It's just I can't hear what you're saying. I said you guys need to go. 
Okay, I need Go. to I need to leave. Why? Yeah. No reason that I need to leave. Why are you videotaping the entrance of White Hall? It's a historical site. It's a historical site. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. I mean, it's how, on... how long have you been out here? I don't know. Eight minutes. Uh, from where I started out over at the visitor center to here, yeah, a lot has changed. I've got three police cars here telling me I got to leave. Oh wow, that, that's a big change for me. Oh, wow, wow. It, it is. I mean, it's, it's historical fight. <laughs> uh, this goes on for a, a full half hour. I just clipped out some of the some moments of it. Um, and if this gets boring, let me know. I'll skip to like the the kicker at the end, but. No, I love the guy. Yeah, that, do we, do hey, we do? Let's, let's get in a fight with a cop today. That's what I want. Yeah, to do. no, I love let's this. Just, uh, it's just, just like, am around. I being detained? Am I being detained? And the, like, yeah, I, yeah. It's, the, it's like the. It's like okay, come on, man. <laughs> I know this gets be, this gets better and better as it goes. Wait, do, we, do we do something wrong? We break the law. Oh, and the, and this guy uploaded it to YouTube, but he uh, and it's he made him like it's the whole channel dedicated to pretty much getting in altercations <laughs> like this. It's one of those kinds of channels. And it's like, it, it's got like 300,000 views and everybody's, he, he thinks he's like a hero for doing this, I guess. And the cops are assholes or jackasses and he's being an asshole. Like the whole thing, the whole, com it's like, this could have so easily been avoided if you, they, if you would have just like, why is that really the hill to die on is I want to stand outside of a national lab and film because yeah. you're not going to see anything in there anyways, but okay. Has anything changed in the last eight minutes? <laughs> oh yeah, a lot has. I got three cop cars here now. Wait, do, we, do we do something wrong? We break the law? Uh, well, okay. Well, nobody ever sits here and takes pictures. Sergeant wants okay. to get their ID to check them out. Yeah, we'll start with that. IDs. Okay. Yeah. Did I break the law? Have I done something wrong? There, uh, we did have the FBI here last week for okay. people that were illegally taking pictures of things. Wait a minute. The cop just said nobody ever sits here and takes pictures. Yeah, but we had FBI out here last week. Because people were sitting here taking pictures. Taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, we did have the FBI here last week for people okay. that were illegally taking pictures of things they're not supposed to about a federal installation. So illegally taking pictures? About uh, things they're not supposed to at a federal installation. We had well, the FBI out here last week for that. For so sure. If, if, you, go, part of if you go on, you if you go on to that property, they have the right to, Sir, to limit your photo. Tennessee, you Tennessee is not a stop and ID state. But if okay. you're suspected of a crime, do you have your ID on you? What crime do you suspect me of committing? We don't know what you think. Okay. Okay. Public photography is not a crime. Anything I can see from a public space, I can photograph. There's no crime there. Who owns this land? This is public right away. <laughs> this this grass right here. This is a public right away. This grass is public right away. You know for a fact. I'm pretty okay. sure Watch Well bought this last year. Okay. Which is why we don't allow people to protest here. So you could be trespassing on private property. Uh, again. This is a public roadway. Do you, you're not on the road, though. I, I stepped off the roadway to engage exactly. you because when this guy rolled up, he almost hit us. So you were walking in the roadway, which is a crime. Again. The cop in no way almost hit him. It was like no, he he's trying feet. to find a reason to get the guy out of here. He's just he's just yeah. fishing. You can't be walking in the roadway. Yeah, I mean this. I every I I've watched this whole thing. Like I said, and I just was like, I felt my brain melting based on how dumb this whole interaction is. It's amazing. In the roadway, you're standing right. on grass. So what property. What are you doing? You're going to trespass us? You're going to tell me I can't well, be sir, here? If you're not, if you're on Watchwell's property, it's up to them. It's not All up right. to me. Officer Sweeten. Okay. Yes. 
All right, and that's the thing. And that's you, the thing. you understand that I have every right to be here. I, if this is private property, no, sir, you do not. 16 feet from the center line of the roadway if is they publicly bought, accessible. If they bought they own property. that over there. There's public utilities but here. That's why we, but that's why people don't uh, protest here anymore. Just I'm like, not protesting. So just like that fence right there. We're that's why you can't do 16 feet off of that roadway either. And Y-12 called us okay. out here. So it's not like we just happened upon you. We were called here. And again, I'm following the orders of my sergeant to identify you because, yes, people were detained by the FBI last week for taking pictures of things they weren't supposed to. I don't know the circumstances of that, but that's why I'm asking. So what I'm asking. To take pictures of? Is there something we're not There's allowed the to question. Well, this is, well, you know, beyond this. Oh, line, what are we not this supposed to take not pictures of? To the public, what's beyond that, line? And we've not gone beyond that. There's a sign right there that says when you pull up to that gate, you're not allowed in if you don't have a badge to sure. get in there. Okay, but you're filming that gate. Okay, and that I makes them uncomfortable. Eyes, sir. We can't <laughs> know what we can see. Everybody driving by can see Again, I'm trying to find out who owns this property, and my sergeant has asked me to identify okay. you. If you refuse to do so, that's your business. Okay. okay. If you want to have the FBI come out here and, and do a field interview with me, you go call them, tell them to get your ass over here. Well, we're on the <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh, um, oh, my God. She I mean, asked the right question. She asked the right... She asked... Oh, what is it that we're not supposed to be taking pictures of? Yeah. That was the right question. She should have said it in a way that he kind of gave it away. Yeah. But, you know, that, that was a good question. That's the question you're supposed to ask in that situation. Oh, is yeah. there something here that, what, what is it that we're not supposed to? Just I mean, there them? is a lot of, on Google Maps aerial view, there's a lot that's, you know, just blurred out, grayed oh, out. Blacked awesome. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this guy's looking for a fight. He probably knew the cops were going to come. I mean, if the cops come and you're doing this something. This guy seems I mean, like he does this shit. For, all the time. Yeah, yeah. He just this is this is his clickbait. This is his uh <laughs> content. Uh okay, so yeah, get the yeah. <laughs> this it's you just like every every moment that this guy has to deal. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> He's Definitely in not your gonna tell him where I live though. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. I'm not gonna let him come into the studio though. If you want to have the FBI come out here and do a field interview with me, you go call them, tell them to get their ass over here. Well, we're on the phone now to see to determine if we, and there's no need to cuss me, sir. Okay. I'm just I'm, doing I'm my Because hey. here's the thing. Guess what you just did? You just now used vulgar, profane, and indecent language of view of the public, which is her. She's part of the public, which is against city code. So yeah. I don't care. It's my part. So I'm going to need anyway, your ID for your citation, anyway, sir. We're, we're so fully aware I'm going to need your ID for your says. citation. You use the vulgar, profane, and indecent language of view of the public. It's a city citation. It's not arrestable. I'm going to need your ID to issue a civil citation in city court. Okay. I'm officially asking for your ID to write you a citation. I'm not going to take you to jail for a city for a city violation. Okay. okay? You're, you're... So. Oh, and he says I'm not going to take you to jail because the guy holding the camera and the GoPro immediately puts out his hands to let the cop cuff him, like straight in front of him. Oh. like just holding his hands out so that the cop can cuff him. It's in here. Code 11-302 to use vulgar, profane, and indecent language in view of the this public, is which is what you just did, and I'm going to issue you a citation for that. So I would like to see your ID so that you, I can you, do that. you have no complaint, and as a police officer, yes, you can't... Yes, sir, we were. We were called here. Yes, no, we You were. have no complaint well, for, for a disorderly conduct charge. No, I'm not. Yeah. No, I'm not. You're a part of the public. You, you can't be a complainant, okay? Sir, I'm, sir, I'm as a police for your officer. ID as, as you're in violation of City Code 11-302. As a police officer. and profane and decent language of view of the public. It's City Code. <laughs> I'm a municipal police officer for the City of Oak Ridge, and I'm asking for your ID so that I can issue a citation or a warning for that statute. I'm not going to take you to jail for a civil statute. I can't. He's still holding his hands up. But I can't issue a citation to give you a fine. 
So I'm requesting your state-issued ID, ID, which I will remind you is not your property. It's actually property of the state of Tennessee. It's issued to you for identification purposes by law enforcement if there's a violation, which there has been. Okay. Am I being detained? Yes. All right. Uh, at, this right at this time, I'm going to revoke my right to remain silent. Okay, that's fine. I don't think the word ass is a, uh, is a swear word. Oh, you guys are pretty strict down there, aren't you? I don't think the word ass is a swear Ass. Sir, I'm going to give you a citation for ass. I've never heard of that being enforced anywhere in Tennessee. I think you got to be going real. This guy's baiting. He's baiting this cop. This is a bait. This guy gives me, no offense to Bart, but this guy gives me strong Bart Sabrell vibes. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, wrapping up here. Uh, The guy shows up. Good. This guy's wearing like jeans and a plaid jacket. He's got like a beard. He looks kind of <laughs> like a lumberjack. He gets out of an SUV. Hey, how you doing? Good. You don't look like an FBI agent. Well, you never know. I'm Chris Jordan. My name's David. Nice you never you. know. You video out here. Um, well, I'm not detaining you. I'm just. <laughs> you, never you never know. know. Yeah. Well, you never know. <laughs> well, you never... It turns out he's DOD. Uh, Department of Defense, I think, or Department. Yeah, he doesn't um, even say. He doesn't correct the guy. He just says, "You never know." Yeah. Or <laughs> no, I'm Chris Jordan. My name's David. Nice to meet you. What are you guys videoing out here? Um, well, I'm I mean, not detaining. I'm just a regular old guy. Yeah, it's it's a historic. I wish the audio in this was better because there's so many good ISOs. I'm not detaining you. I'm just a regular old guy. I'm just a regular old guy. What the fuck? <laughs> not detaining. I'm just a regular old guy. Yeah, it's it's a historic site. But we popped in here to get some pictures and stuff, yeah. and that's it. This is- Right here. That's it. All the historic stuff is way in the, way in the back, right? Right. But I, I looked it up on Google Maps, and so you know, you, your guys called these guys to yeah. come out here and give us a hard time. Well, we got a lot of concerns going. On. <laughs> well, they said there was somebody here last week that got questioned by the FBI, and I told them if the FBI wants to come out here and they question me, have at it. I mean, yeah. we're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. You know, you can. You guys anything, local? You, no, we're not. Where are you we're, from? We're, we're tourists. Where at? We're out, out of south. Down south. Down south. Further south of Tennessee? Where are you yeah. going from? Uh, like further, further. There's no place further south yeah. than Tennessee. Well, I guess. Um, all right. No, we just like to come out here and talk to people that are out here filming. I mean, it's public and, property and, right Well, and, and thank you. I uh, may have needed to explain that to them. They're trying to trespass us right now. They're trying to trespass us. He wasn't. He was giving him a citation for his ass. For saying ass, yeah. I wish um, that FBI agent was like, what the fuck you guys doing around here? This is fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, that's the yeah, and it's I, fucking I, taking pictures. They end up standing there for like 15 straight minutes talking to this FBI or DOD. I think he said he was DOD. Um, oh, he showed him his badge and stuff, but I, they end up talking. That's the guy that starts talking to him about the, the skunk, uh, the skunk ape, the Tennessee skunk ape and Bigfoot and shit. They do. Um, they start talking about it. Yeah, I, I, it's just too long to clip. But then they get. Then <laughs> no, the guy know, gets but... into like the DOD guy gets to, like talk. Starts talking about how he wish nukes didn't invent. Or didn't never invented, and he doesn't trust like the Oak Ridge Labs and stuff. And then the guy's like, "Well, you probably you're on camera. You probably shouldn't be saying about that about your job or whatever." It's like the whole thing is just a weird interaction. But this is the last. This is the last clip. The, the, well, I got the I got a question for you though on the yeah. video because I haven't seen the video. On the video, is there a cop car visible? Yeah, there's this, three. There's like five of okay. them, kind of. Okay. Throughout I was there. Gonna say, is this this could be a setup. And some like, black yeah, all SUVs. All you see is a guy, and yeah, okay, 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 we're good. No, you see the guy pull up and get out of the black SUV, like in the cops, and then uh, he shows him his badge and everything. And they're like, they're they are. I drive on that road. They're on on a weekly basis. It's right outside uh, the K twelve lab or K twenty four, whatever it's called. Or no, it's Y twelve. That's that's the one they're outside of. There's a Y twelve, and there's like three different labs over there. But um, 
Oh, okay. you're all you're not supposed to get close to any of them. And then there's just a ton of woods, and that's where the weird, probably genetic experiment animals are running around. But anyway, so the the cops, the guy stops talking to him. The cop goes, "All right, I'm going to give you a verbal warning for the um, the vulgar the vulgarity in public in view of a crowd, which there was nobody there, but the dude, his wife, and the cops." He's like, "I'm going to give you a verbal warning. You're free to go." And then they they leave, and they're getting in their car, and the cop uh, walks up to their car, uh, which they have a shit ton of cameras in their car, of course. <laughs> How may I help you today, Officer Weaver? Driver's license, registration, insurance. You're on private property in an running motor vehicle. Got to undo my seatbelt. Okay. I am not armed. I have no firearms on me. Okay. Wallet is between the seat here. Okay. I thought you needed to be on a public roadway for a police officer to stop you for a traffic offense. Is that not correct? No. No. Well, since I was prepared to ID anyway, I'll go ahead and give that to you. What's your traffic offense? Where's she going? Yeah, what what uh, crime are you stopping me for? I said I was stopping. I just had driver's license, registration, <laughs> insurance. You said it was a traffic stop. You said it was a traffic stop. All right. Did I say the word traffic stop? Okay. You can go back and review your five cameras that you're watching me with. There's actually eight. <laughs> eight cameras. That's a, that line. <laughs> 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 The the this the follow up to that is the best part. Okay. You can go back and review your five cameras that you're watching me with. There's actually eight. Oh, eight cameras. <laughs> yes, sir. Wow. That's... Some of them are actually live streaming as well, but that's, that's not pretty cool. cool. It is. It is. Unfortunately, in America today, we have to do that to protect ourselves from bad cops. I'm not saying you're a bad cop, but uh, but but there are some that are, and you oh, know we have to do asshole. take extreme measures to protect ourselves from those. <laughs> Poor cops. Humans. There's a few bad ones out there. Uh, I'm finding about 5% is what 5%? I 5%? Yeah. It's probably pretty close. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's probably right. <laughs> he did say traffic stuff. Yes, he did. Oh, my God, dude. I was, I didn't, I know that was a long tangent, but I just could, I had to share that with somebody because I watched that whole thing. No, it was terrible. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, not that you played it. <laughs> it just... This guy's baiting. He just baits. He, he's looking for these guys. He wants them to pull him over. I got eight fucking cameras. Some of them are live streaming. Uh, <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, really? It should have ended with getting him getting pepper sprayed or something. Yeah, that would have been best. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll save my Oak Ridge UFOs for maybe <laughs> bonus clips at the end. Um, I don't want I the UFO. Right. This was better than the UFO for sure, by the way. That's Oh, good. Yeah, no, I, th- I, think, um, I think you're right, though, that what they were doing in Montauk and uh, all that type of stuff. I'm sure that trickled to and from Oak Ridge. I mean, a uh, paperclip, I'm sure some Nazi scientists work at, worked at Oak Ridge after all that. Uh, like they did in Montauk. I'm sure it's all, yeah, very, uh, like, like you said, you pull a thread and it all seems to be intertwined. Oak Ridge is so even like, I, I just, everything I, I couldn't find much. I could not find much on what they're actually doing there. And the official, government line on what they're actually doing there is very vague and they don't really say much. So, yeah. And I didn't actually look into it. I got caught up in the Montauk, Philadelphia project, Phoenix rainbow. Oh my God, dude. So I didn't actually even look at the Montauk or the Oak Ridge thing yet. I was just like, Oh my God. That's yeah, a lot. There's a lot. Well, where do you want to go next? Because I do have some, uh, some Montauk, uh, stuff and I got, uh, let's do Montauk because Montauk is, is pretty interesting because what I've learned is is that 
there's only like it seems like four dudes that have ever said anything about Montauk and uh, as people who have been there um and of course the military or the government or whoever says no nope nope nothing and there's a lot of there's just a lot of stuff surrounding that like in the peripheral of Montauk there seems to be like legit things but Montauk itself is seems like it's a dead zone and of course now a lot of those buildings in Montauk and stuff have all been torn down so let's do Montauk <laughs> hell yeah uh well, I have a background around Montauk I know you brought some uh some stuff too I'll play yeah, the uh do it yeah okay uh here we go Montauk boys background if whistleblowers are to be believed, traveling to other dimensions is only the beginning of what the United States government has successfully accomplished deep underground in New York State. Camp Hero New York was established in 1942 on the very tip of Long Island Sound. Disguised as a simple fishing village, Camp Hero was actually a coastal defense station packing some serious firepower meant to stop a Nazi invasion of New York. The gun emplacements were set in massive concrete bunkers sunk into the earth and defenders would be able to rain hell down on any invaders with three batteries of 16-inch guns and 6-inch guns. Shortly after World War II, the site was abandoned by the U.S. military, with the exception of a long-range radar station meant to monitor the Atlantic for incoming Soviet nuclear missiles. Today, despite efforts to sell the land to developers, environmentalists have succeeded in protecting much of the former facility, which has been turned over to the National Park Service. At least, that's the official history. If you're one of the unlucky few who visited Camp Hero against their will, then you know that the real history is far, far more sinister. Eleven years after Camp Hero was officially shut down, two men underwent hypnotherapy to recover repressed memories they'd buried since they were children. Much to their surprise and horror, the men discovered they had their memories of their time spent in a secret government lab under Camp Hero buried deep into their subconscious, but now the memories came flooding back. The tale is sinister. Discovered to be psychically sensitive, Preston Nichols and Stuart Sirdlow were both abducted by the government agents and brought to Camp Hero. Entering through one of the old gunnery doors, they took an elevator down to the bottommost levels of a secret underground research lab. There, the young boys were introduced to others like them, but there'd be no time for socializing. The experiments conducted deep underground varied, but all were pushing the very cutting edge of science, and often even beyond that. With rumors that the Soviet Union was busy researching all matter of paranormal phenomena in a desperate attempt to gain any edge they could over their American rivals, the United States government undertook a slew of secret programs to ensure American supremacy in every realm of warfare, even the paranormal. Remote viewing drew great interest from the intelligence community, allowing intelligence agents to get an inside peek at sensitive Soviet installations without their ever knowing. Young children who were psychically sensitive were trained in remote viewing techniques and even had their talents enhanced through a combination of technology and various drugs. Now, everybody compares this to Stranger Things. Like, oh, Stranger Things based on... And, it, and there's obviously Stranger Things borrowed heavily from just the simple idea of kids being fed LSD and tortured to hone their psychic abilities and all the experiments yeah. they did on them, hooked up to the computers and all that. But have you ever seen Fringe? Yeah, that was actually my favorite sci-fi show in the whole... If no one has ever That's seen right. Fringe, you must watch Fringe. I think we might... Now that I'm thinking about it, I think we talked about it before. But yeah, no, they way before Stranger Things, you know, it turns out, spoiler alert, that uh, Olivia, the main FBI agent, was yeah. basically, yeah, one of the... Like a, a same type of thing where she was fed a bunch of acid and experimental drugs and experimented on, and then she has psychic powers uh, yeah, because of that. So, yeah, I mean... Which is, which is also the guy all that, that they... Maybe, you know, well, the guy that they talk about in there, Preston Nichols, who's really kind of the the spokesperson, him and Al, um, 
Oh, what's that guy's name? Bielnik or whatever. Oh, They're like the two big. Was he the guy that was on? Um, Al was the guy that was on Arbel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Preston Nichols, you do a little digging in there. He's actually a Jesuit trained psychic. So you know, because the Jesuits are mm. a bit of a secret society in themselves. This this can yep. go way down the rabbit hole if anyone wants to keep going. But it's uh, the psychic ability. So he even says that they're psychic and that Montauk had not just um, stuff that had to do with time travel stuff uh, and stealth technology, but it, it also had to do with um, psychic stuff so that they were they were training people to be psychic or to see into the future um, as well as some traveling stuff that had to do, of course, with the Philadelphia experiment, which you, you played a clip uh, earlier I think it was in the intro. I think it was Al actually that you played in yes, the intro where yeah. he said he they on the USS Eldridge they came into the Montauk base. Uh, that's how, that's where they traveled to from the Philadelphia experiment was into the Montauk base in 1983. So pretty interesting. Yeah. Now that's. Um, I mean, do you want to talk about that our whole Art Bell interview for a second, or are we jumping too far ahead? I mean, we could we can continue on Montauk. Montauk will lead into. I mean, actually, jeez. The Philadelphia experiment actually leads into Montauk, doesn't it? They kind of go hand in hand. Uh, yeah. Because Montauk didn't wasn't uh, taken down or turned off until the late eighties. I, be- I believe he he- the supposedly the like the cannons and the bunker were shut down in the sixties, and then the radar dish was shut down in the eighties. Yeah. They had satellite technology. That's the official story. Yep. Um, well, I mean, I do have. Um, Play whatever you want, man. Let's do it. Well, you guys just clips go everywhere. Too. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, the clips I have are is Peter Nichols talking about what Montauk Project is. If you want to play that, the okay, meaning yeah. of Montauk. I think it was from Art Bell. And if anyone what hasn't was listened the... to Art Bell before, if anyone hasn't listened to Art Bell before, you have to go listen to Art. He was my favorite growing up. Yeah. He was. He's kind of. It's. It's pretty much Nick the Rat. <laughs> okay. What was the mission of the Montauk Project? What was the, uh, uh, what were they trying to do, accomplish? What was the central theme? <coughs> well, after the stealth technology was developed, it was suggested that this was the first time we have definite evidence that the mind of man is sensitive to electromagnetic fields. Let's research this further and develop population control, we can weaponize this thing as to make the enemy surrender. And, you know, I'm sure the possibilities are mind-boggling at this point. Congress said, no, we don't want this. This is mind control. This is too politically active. They were setting up to research literally mind control technologies. They went to the military and said, uh, would you be interested in this kind of a weapon? Of course, this is every tactician's dream. So the military said, yes, we are, and they gave them the old Montauk Air Force Station, which is only about 40 miles away from Brookhaven Labs, Mm -hmm. that they can do this stuff in secrecy and not be under the watchful eye of the the congressional committees. Yeah. Now, so Preston Nichols is the one that's the Jesuit, right? And and Al is the... Yeah. Al is the guy... He actually says that his actual name is not Al, but he didn't find that out until he went into some... Uh, hypnosis and found out that his name was actually something else and he has a different birth yeah. certificate and everything. His odd story. Yeah, These guys are really, really odd. The problem with the hypnosis therapy to recover repressed memories is it, it would I would think it would be just as easy to 
implant false memories during that process as it would be to recover. Well, that was the whole satanic panic. It was, uh, they were getting these kids in and then they were trying to find if they had repressed memories of being molested by satanic cults. But they were actually, what they were doing is they were asking leading questions or they were implanting uh, ideas in kids while under hypnosis. And then they would say yes. And then this is where all these people were being like a witch hunt, basically. And mm-hmm. they weren't actual Satanists, but they said that there was this huge satanic panic. And then, you know, you get Christians riled up in that and the whole thing goes crazy. Uh, and then Brookhaven, yeah. the uh, the hospital that he talked about. Um, there's also, I, you know, they said that there's, uh, tunnels that lead from Montauk to Brookhaven. And that's where a lot of the, uh, mind control stuff was being done was at the Brookhaven place, but it was, you know, being experimented out in Montauk, but there's underground tunnels. And this, this also has to go into, you brought up actually earlier Montauk boys, but the Montauk boys were actually a mind control super soldier project as well that supposedly happened at Montauk Air Force Base. I'm telling you, man, there's so many threads of this. It's amazing. Yeah, I, um, I think it's maybe in one of the clips I pulled, but one of those guys that supposedly worked at Camp Hero mm-hmm. uh, claimed that there's a minimum like 100,000 of those Montauk boy activated, unactivated mentoring candidates roaming that could be activated ugh, still to this day. That's crazy. Uh, I, I got that Discovery UK one, which you also ended up <laughs> sending me after. We both found the same one here. Um, from the Discovery Channel UK. This is this uh, researcher who also made that movie, The Montauk Chronicles, which I watched that for oh, yeah. like yeah. two hours. That was pretty interesting. Oh, really? Uh, Good for you, man. <laughs> uh, Good for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Just three hours from Manhattan, on the eastern tip of Long Island is Montauk, New York. There you'll find a mysterious abandoned military base called Camp Hero that spawned dozens of urban legends, from widespread child abductions, to time travel, to covert mind control experiments. These bizarre purported occurrences are collectively known as the Montauk Project. Montauk's been an obsession of mine for over 30 years. The story goes, between 1971 and 1983, secret experiments happened at the Camp Hero Air Force Base, which is only about a mile from here. I spent about 13 years investigating the alleged Montauk project. Local children were abducted off the streets, brought to the base, and subjected to brutal mind control experiments right under the now decaying Sage radar tower. So that's the premise. I guess I should have played that earlier as a backgrounder, but the... I got another 30 seconds here because you were talking about the underground um, underneath the base and all that. To be clear, the government's official position is there is no underground structure of any kind here at Camp Hero. You know, it's been a long time. I mean, I've been coming back and forth here for, I don't know, 13 years, but... We keep getting prevented to look around the perimeter of the tower. By whom? Uh, we're trying to get permits to go and look past the gate, and we don't get it. You know, even though I was born and raised here, lived here all my life, that gives me pause to say, well, maybe there was something here. Now, so the government's official story, right, is that there's, no, there's nothing built underground underneath the base? Yeah, and even the plans that people have foia 
um, have requested uh, shows no underground plans. But I mean, well, this is this is the thing: is that if if we never get a right answer, so I mean, if you talk about Mandalay Bay shootings and all these things, there's so many gaps and holes and things that they could tell us and explain, and we'd be like, oh, okay, we get that. Um, but they leave these gaping holes that we have to go and we have to fill them. This is gross. Um, with our own, like, you know, Come. imagination, I guess, or something. And so, you know, I thought you were gonna say, just because they don't show them, we don't trust the government. So just because they don't show them, we have to, you know, assume that these guys, because no one else has ever talked about this, right? So we have to assume maybe there's something there. And they're not going to tell us, like, yeah, guys, you got us. There's an underground thing that we are. Maybe they will. So I found this clip from a local um, Montauk oh. local news. And it's nothing too crazy, but uh, it's like a historian that helps um, run the like landmarks, the facility and stuff. I love this. They could fire a 2,000-pound shell 30 miles with accuracy. These were the big boys. This is the story of Camp Hero and its place in America's military history. You may have seen this radar dish rising over the dunes on the desolate tip of Long Island, known as the end. Or maybe the forbidding signs that once warned visitors of some unknown danger. Camp Hero and its hidden past is a place of mystery and intrigue. The public was never allowed in Camp Hero. Montauk historian Henry Osmers took us where many had not been allowed. They actually had guards posted on the, on the highway so that if you didn't have business at the lighthouse or here, you were turned back. This was during World War II when Camp Hero became a top-secret military base. German U-boats threatened the East Coast, and Montauk was considered a likely invasion point. Part of what they call the East Coast Defense Shield, basically keeping an eye on things and making sure that there were no surprises. Two huge batteries, they're about 600 feet long, and each of those two batteries contain two cannons. And yes, it's true, there are several tunnels underneath Camp Hero. Their purpose was to connect the batteries to each other. So in the event there was well, any kind what? of an attack going on, mm-hmm. uh, they could communicate and go between these installations safe. So the historian that's like taking them through the base... Yeah. Is saying, well, there was underground tunnels connecting these two uh, big guns and all kinds of tunnels over here. And it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't but know. The I just... plans say there are no tunnels in between. Yeah. So this, they're not getting their story straight, I guess is my point. Was to connect the batteries to each other. So in the event there was any kind of an attack going on, uh, they could communicate and go between these installations safely underground. They did fire the guns off now and then just for practice. These shockwaves went all the way back to town, which is about six miles. There's some reports that say windows cracked. Along with the hidden cannons, the U.S. military had another trick up their sleeve. We're now in what is called downtown Camp Hero. It's a cluster of buildings that during World War II were disguised to look like a New England fishing village from the air. So if enemy aircraft were to come over, the guns would come up and they would just blast them right out of the sky. When World War II ended, Camp Hero continued to be a strategic military location. This is the radar dish. This was built by the Air Force in 1960, and it had the ability to detect aircraft up to 280 miles away. With the development of satellite technology, Camp Hero lost its purpose and was officially decommissioned in 1981. The site is now a New York State park. Osmer, who wrote a book on Camp Hero, 
hopes Long Islanders will remember it for the role it played in protecting our nation. The history out here is unique. It's just incredible. In Montauk, Danielle Campbell, News 12, Long Island. I just think it's weird that, um, well, I don't know. Do you, have you seen the theories that Montauk's like actually still running? Like they're still actually yeah, using Yeah, I've seen Camp that, Hero? especially with the uh, radar as well. There's mm-hmm. been uh, people, residents around there that say they see the radar move. Yeah, I mean, it looks pretty well maintained. The radar looks pretty well maintained. Yeah, but that video of those kids that, uh, so you can find these videos, these ki- those kids that crashed, um, you know, and went and snuck in and went all around before they took a lot of the buildings down. Um, did I send that to you? There's like a YouTube I, video and these guys from the early 90s, they had this like a camcorders. They're running around with camcorders and they're hiding oh, from the cops yeah. in Montauk in the base. I mean, yeah. it looked like it was pretty beat up, like like nothing should be running in there. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I mean, again, I don't. I I don't know. I mean, they, they could still be doing stuff underground if there's something underground. They could have moved it yeah. to the New Jersey base, the joint base up in New Jersey. Um, that's a possibility. But if we want I mean, to talk it, a little bit more about the, go ahead. Oh no, you're good. Talk a lot more about. I was, what? I was just going to say if we want to talk a little bit more of uh, Preston Nichols when he talks about the mind control. Yeah. Um, the Montauk Mind Control is the one I sent you. It's just Montauk Mind Control. And then well, when you control, say mind control... Tech. Sorry. No, it's good. Go ahead. Well, when you say mind control, what exactly were they able to do to a person? This guy's got a cough. No, that's his, that's his tell. What was the mission of the Montauk Project? What, was the, uh, uh, what were they trying to do, accomplish? What was the central theme? No, not this one. Is this the same one? No, I just wanted to hear him cough. Oh. Because <laughs> <clears throat> he does See, it over he did here, it. too. Yeah, he does well, it. When he you say mi- Every time Art asks him a question, uh, he coughs. Well, when you say mind control, what exactly were they able to do to a person? Well, they were able to essentially inject a thought into a person's mind, make him believe it's his own thought, and control what you're thinking, and therefore have some effect on what you're doing. They could literally read out what you're thinking. They could modify your thought patterns. Oh. What, what? And this was done at a distance using radio waves. At a distance using radio waves. That's what this whole thing was about. Remember, it started by studying the effects of electromagnetics on human beings and the right. cell technology. And it evolved into this device that could literally reach into a person's mind. At a distance. At a distance. Uh, and up to about thousands of miles. We're not sure exactly how far it was. <laughs> thousands of miles. Thousands. Well, Holy shit. Scientific American mind control by cell phone. It's a real article. I mean, hey. <laughs> Images, right? They get into your brain. <laughs> CIA is testing on cell towers wavelengths to calm the public during crises. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a guy who foia'd uh, here in Washington State. He Boy, I, I got. I'll find it sometime after this. Um, and he was asking for one thing, and he got sent the wrong document that showed a government patent or something like that for a device like this guy's describing. Yeah, where it can literally change your mind. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, you got to send me a link to that so I can put it in the show notes. Oh, I'll find it. Yeah, I'll have the uh, the full um, Montauk Chronicles is free on uh, on YouTube. Um, so I'll okay. have that in the show notes as well. It's uh, it's like a docu. It's kind of like a. It's independently made, but it's 
style. It's going to kind of in the style of like a history channel or discovery thing. And it's the same guy that talks to one of those supposed Montauk boys where his boss won't let him talk in that discovery UK thing. Um, but he interviews some people, including a guy, I only pulled one clip from it, but a guy that claims to have worked on the base. And this guy looks definitely old enough to have been working there in the forties. Um, like Al was, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is my one clip from that. This is a couple of different guys talking, but, uh, it's pretty fascinating. Around and says, look, what you're doing is stupid to get the kids. You want to get the kids to cooperate voluntarily. Here's what I suggest you do. And I had to go up through, I don't know how many levels upstairs above John Pruitt to the second in command of the entire operation. who was a civilian, but uh, he had the authority. I went to him and I said, look, this is what I propose you do to get the cooperation of the Montauk boys instead of forcing them into this. Give them a carrot. Give them something in exchange for their services and allowing you to program them. And, of course, it evolved into a more humane way of doing it. And they were sent out, put back in the public as, like, Manchurian candidate soldiers. They could be activated at any time. And we figured there's at least 100,000 of them done around the country. Nobody was sure of exactly one of the Montauk boys trained for. Many of them were used as spies. It was like Matter Harry, except it was a male. And... That was a major part of the program. There's another major part of the program which was swept under the rug was a lot of the kids were psychics and they descended on this and trained them as psychics to engage in psychic warfare. And this is where some of the problems have come from in the military since. Most of it was being programmed as some sort of a psy, you know, a, a psy PSY soldier. You can program sections of the mind to heighten the psyability that they have. Everyone has psyabilities. Everyone has psychic abilities. I mean, that's what they tell us. It's all yeah. in the pineal gland, right? Right. And so it can be it can be honed, and um, I, guess, I think well, and, and it, it seems apparent that if psychic abilities exist, and I think it's a high likelihood that they exist on some level, it seems like you're way more. Um, connected to that when the younger you are, like small children especially, um, which would make sense as why they're kidnapping little kids and inducting them into a psychic training program instead of recruiting 20-year-olds or whatever. My my folks always, actually, so we had a family thing last night, and my mom reminded me again that when I was a kid, I would stare at the little kid swing that they had in the 80s. You know, it was on its own, like, little stand. And you would set a little timer and it would swing the kid that was inside the swing. And she said, when I was a kid, like a baby or really little, I would stare at that thing and I would make it move. She goes, the moment I would, she goes, if I came over and I picked you up from staring at that thing, it would immediately stop moving. But if I sat you down in front of it and had you look at it, it would start moving. And the Johnny jump up things, you know, it's like a little thing that you can put in doorways and hook it up to the, you're like your molding in your doorway and the kid could sit in and just jump up and down. She said, I'd do the same thing with that. I would just sit there and if I would stare at it, if I wasn't in it, it would start moving. And so you know, on some level, you know, there's a, there's an energy that can possibly come out of us and, and affect the things around us. And then you, you forget it or the world tells you it's not true or, you know, now we have 
all kinds of radio waves and electronic Wi-Fi things around in the that maybe block all that stuff so that we can't have right. our full potential of understanding well, those things. David Icke's kind of big big on that tip is the uh, they're they're blo- they're concealing our um, psychic potential and manipulating the way we perceive reality with all the radio waves. Aside from giving us cancer and whatever else it's doing, but all the electromagnetic <laughs> creation doing to us, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, no, that's crazy though. About uh, like that, my kids just just barely over a year now, and he he'll like he waves at people when he sees them, and he starts clapping and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. but he, there's been twice now where he'll just be waving at nothing and like looking at like there's a person there, and it's looking towards the bathroom door. And the second time Ooh. he was like waving Ooh. towards the bathroom, the bathroom door just yeah. shut by itself and he giggled. And I was like, oh my God, is there a freaking ghost in the house? <laughs> it could have been a draft. He but giggled. You're like, Ugh. yeah. He's like, ah. Well, that's uh, on our uh, Halloween episode on Beer Burr and Balderdash. I talked about this, but when I was growing up, I'd have, I actually had like entities come out of my closet and, and uh, they weren't gay. Uh, but they come out of my closet and they would uh, they would smile at me and they would walk into my brother's room and I would follow them. I was awake. I remember it wasn't a dream. I wasn't asleep yet. Um, so I had like weird shit happen in my parents' uh, house. Not so much in the house I live in now, um, but I had weird stuff happen at my folks' house. And even my dad, my dad grew up in the house that I grew up in. And uh, he said the same thing. He had weird stuff happen when he was a kid. He would, he'd get up to go to... Um, church on one sunday morning and uh he was an altar boy at a lutheran church uh local lutheran church and he said he would stand up and uh he would he was at the top of the stairs and he's going to go downstairs and get his socks and shoes on and he said something grabbed him on both arms and started tugging him back and forth and he said he ran to church that day in his in his bare feet because he didn't stop to to go get his shoes on he just ran out of the house because something grabbed him Um, but he couldn't see anything so i definitely think those things are are possible, and I definitely think that there's a, a a frequency that we all put out um, that 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 we're connected in some way, and that that you know you ever you ever been around people that are full of uh, tension or like you can feel their anxiety, like you don't even have to see them be anxious, like but you can feel their own tension, like there's something about whatever's going on in them that you you get that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it's. it's I, I almost describe it as that. Like, if my wife is very anxious, you're talking about being like, around sober people, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm gonna crack a beer. I'm drinking a Yingling Black and Tan. Ooh, that sounds good. Okay. Yeah, let's see. I polished off a Samuel Adams Oktoberfest that I have left over from uh, October, and I'm drinking a nice. Uh, what is it? Oh, Pursuit Distilling Company in Enumclaw, Washington. Their Craft Brewer Series. It's a single malt, and it's delicious. I've been drinking beer! Beer, 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 beer! <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what he says at the end of this jingle. Hang on. I've been drinking beer! He says beer, something. Beer, 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 beer! What the, what's that last part? I don't know. It sounds <laughs> foreign. Uh, Sugarach. Okay. Sorry. Where were we? Uh, mind control. Mind control. So he, this guy was talking about mind amplification, holographic images, 
information through delta waves. I think it's in the next clip if you look at the mind control tech. I think is what the next clip that I had. But can you talk about the technology that allows mind control, or is that one yes, of the same? Yes, because I did not sign for that. They use mind control to make anyone that worked on the project forget what they did. Well, all right. How? What? What technology well, is beyond uh, behind that? I know radio waves, but radio waves generally are totally harmless and without effect to biological entities. They're all around us. Well, this, as you've probably been reaching, this is coming up to a lot of debate at this point, exactly how harmless are these electromagnetic waves. That's true. Most of our waves that we do deal with in our environment are what we call continuous waves, CW, like coming out of your radio transmitter. Right. Human beings are sensitive to pulsed waves, fast on and off, semi-random fractal-based type modulations in pulse form. They use pulse frequency and pulse amplitude. It's a very, very specialized form of modulation resembling some very modern chirp-type radar signals. All right, so it's a, it's a true pulse then. It's not just a pulse modulation. It's a true pulse. It's a frequency-hopping pulse. Frequency-hopping? Yes, it, it goes from frequency to frequency to frequency. If you tune it in on a radio receiver, it just sounds like a crack at a particular frequency. Then it goes to another frequency, you got another crack, and it hops around from frequency to frequency. Montauk had about 20 different frequencies. They hop between 420 and 460 megahertz. 420 and 460 again, that's interesting. Yeah. My brain isn't fucking working! Hey, play the, play the beer, beer guy <laughs> oh. again. I've been drinking beer! No, the beer, beer, I've been beer. I've drinking the... beer! I, don't, I can't get that last part is bothering me anyways yeah uh the uh the 5g the, so the thing about 5g uh because i did a big deep dive with my last boss at a school that i worked at and whatever and they wanted to put a t-mobile wanted to put a big 5g cell tower at the school <laughs> and we were we were fighting against it because the principal was like hey free money and we're like dude you're gonna microwave all the children <laughs> um but it, the thing with 5G is that they use pulse. What this guy was talking about, it's pulse pulse waves. Mm-hmm. It's not a continuous wave, and they're shorter range waves, so they have to have more towers and more places. I think I just said the T-Mobile uh, commercial. Um, uh, in order for them to cover more area because the waves are shorter, but they pulse. If, if I'm wrong, someone please correct me, but that's how I understood that's five G, yeah. yeah. The five G, yeah. Waffle, so waffle. and you can get you know you can get uh, hats lined with uh, foil with copper, and uh, so that they're not in your brain waves. <laughs> now I've heard brain. it. I've I've heard it explained, and this makes sense to me that you'd have to have a full body Faraday cage because the hat would just make it the waves get stuck underneath there and bounce around in your skull even more than they would if they were just passing through. No, well. I mean, maybe they, they, they could get do trapped make, in there, right? And just they ping do around. make uh, camouflage camo outfits for hunting that are lined with, um, I think, copper, so that you don't radiate your uh, your frequency to the animals because the animals are sensitive to those things. So you can okay. find online uh, camo gear and stuff that you can wear, like even like long underwear or whatever that doesn't emit a radio frequency to animals because that's how they. Besides your smell, that's how they 
figure out there's an, a human around or something like that. Apparently, I haven't I haven't done anything up on this. So. I mean, it makes don't, sense. Don't take anything that I say as truth, but <laughs> they make this stuff. That's true. This is a podcast, not a news show. Come on, <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, Maybe he's saying so, beer, bourbon, balderdash at the end of that. By the way, beer, bourbon, balderdash. Hey. I think he says beer something. I'm a drink of beer. We aren't to question y'all. Does that like you quit your job? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if this guy could put Great beer, thing. bourbon, balderdash to the end, I'll play it on my podcast too. There we go. <laughs> you can just say that's what he's saying. Yeah. I, I, I need to email him, but you know what? Um, I'll, I'll email him back here in a second. Maybe by the end of the show, he'll uh, tell me what they're saying at the end. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, this guy's talking about the technology that can get into your brain a thousand thousand miles away, and uh, it it'll put holographic images in your brain, uh, so things that are in front of you are not really in front of you, and it'll change your mind. And you know, when we talk about the mass formation that we kind of experienced over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. I know they talked about it on No Agenda. Um, I mean, this could be part of it and it could even come through the television. It's not just the propaganda, um, but it's, you know, that can affect you and psychologically affect you, of course. But, you know, there's other things around us that can also manipulate us for sure. So, I mean, this doesn't seem out of the, you know, out of the realm of possibilities. And why wouldn't a government want to, you know, put millions of dollars or billions of dollars into this kind of technology, they could rule the world, which also does leave the question, how come the United States doesn't rule the world <laughs> if they're already doing this? Um, well, there's a lot of different opinions on who who really runs uh, the U.S. Oh, yeah, some people, 13. Some people say Israel. Some people say um, the Vatican. Uh, but I like the line in Rick and Morty when um, Rick's arguing with the President of the United States in the Oval Office. And he's talking about how um, the, the president's pissed at Rick and basically trying to k- get him killed. And and uh, Rick says, "Why don't you like have why 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 are you more scared of me than China or something?" And the president says, "Well, China doesn't piss on the White House." <laughs> and uh, Rick says, "Why would they? I'm sure it was expensive." It's like, yeah. So I think China's probably running the show, right? More than us or Israel. I, I mean, definitely Israel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I didn't have my Jew jingle ready. I know you're Jewish, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm passing. <clears throat> I love Jews. <laughs> I'm Jew adjacent. Yeah, I could look. I could. I with a nose like mine, I could. I could pass for one, even That's though good. I'm not. All right. Uh, okay. So one reason I love BitChute is because whack jobs are allowed to just. Yeah, go off the rails a lot there. of those guys <laughs> i pulled one clip from BitChute, and i it's not the full thing it's like a four or five minute clip but i got a, a minute or so here and this is uh about the montauk chair or also known as the trip chair have you seen this oh, i'm so glad you this? got this no i was looking for this this is All great right. i'm glad you found this do it hello there just a quick video i noticed <laughs> <laughs> ah! okay sorry hello there just a quick video i noticed Today, people talking about astral projection lately, it's like, to me, old news, you know, I remember the first time I did it consciously, much less whatever programs I was in, 
things like the CIA remote viewing programs. Just Google it, people. It's like this stuff is actually very provable, Just like Google the Montauk chair or what people call trip seats. So when you ask to project your consciousness and your soul, two different things. Your soul is rooted to the silver cord and goes from God to you to Sheol or Abraham's bosom. So when you ask to project, part of your soul is going with the silver cord, but I would say it's more your consciousness. Now the problem with it is, is when you open up all those chakras and stuff, the New Agers say, oh yeah, it's sweet, it's awesome, you can kick some ass in the astral plane. But really, I don't know if they're demon-possessed or if they're kidding themselves or if they've just somehow been spared a negative experience. But when you open your mind chakra, your pineal gland, we're not supposed to be using that in these fallen forms. It's a test, and most people fail. You know, New Agers, they think, you know, they're willing to accept all this stuff is real, but not Christianity. Well, Christianity is specific. Don't do that. In these fallen forms, don't do that. So, astral projection, the time I did it, it spooked me, like, consciously. I mean, regardless of whatever MKUltra stuff that they did use me for, the one time I did it in real life, it spooked me out. The truth of the matter is, is when you leave your body, your silver cord can be damaged. What'd you think of that? I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't tested that. I, I know the Apostle Paul talks the about a vision in which he went into a different dimensions or levels of heaven. I mean, the Bible is actually full of dimensional talk. I was talking to my German neighbor, Max, last night about this. And, you know, I'm like, the, the Bible, I mean, if you're trying to, if, if you're an ancient culture and you're trying to describe visions that you had while an acacia tree is burning, which releases DMT, you know, you would describe it as a heavenly thing, possibly, right? Mm -hmm. In which you could be doing a dimensional thing. You know, and so words are kind of tricky. Words are words are sloppy. Words are not great for always expressing exactly, but which is why we struggle sometimes to figure out what is how to put it into words, like I'm doing right now. Um, <laughs> pictures often My brain are, isn't fucking working. <laughs> pictures pictures might be often better, um, or just you know trip with me and see the same thing I see. So um, yeah, yeah. The, but the Montauk chair, I'm glad you found something because I was looking all over the place and. Bitchute scares me because <laughs> who the hell am I supposed to believe? These people are whack. I watched. I mean, that guy was like, that guy. Dude, like I a, can't. Was claiming to be an MKUltra victim, who's you know he might not be lying, but he was he, yeah. he was mainly talking about how if you like astral project, then like your silver cord's going to get damaged and and demons will into your brain. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never heard of what a sil <laughs> I don't know what a silver cord is that takes you up to Abraham's bosom. You're at, it's what connects you to the God silver cord is is not mentioned in. The uh, <laughs> it's not mentioned in the Bible. That is very much another New Age, you know uh, what type thing. You know what is Could mentioned be a in the Bible? Hare Krishna thing, by the way. Oh, yeah, Could probably. be a Hare Krishna thing. You know what is in the Bible though? What's that? Cigarettes. <laughs> Never. There's no oh. cigarettes in the Bible. Well, I've been why have I been smoking them for five ten years? I don't know. I mean, there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't smoke them. I was so, just I, mean, thought, do, I just do that what you will. I just uh, I just smoke them because um, I, I read in the Bible that they're good for you. <laughs> you have to send me a copy of that weird Bible that you're reading. <laughs> yeah, cigarettes. And the Bible tells us that. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Is the Alex Jones version of the Bible the? Uh, oh, I'd the, buy uh, that so fast. 
the AGV, the AGV, the AJV, AG, the AJV, AJV version, AJV Bible. There oh we go. God. All right, <laughs> we're uh, let's let's. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get us back on track here. That was my bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're no. going. Uh, okay, so the Montauk Monster, the New York, uh, or sorry, the Young Turks, Jink and Anna covered that. It's not the Montauk Monster I've heard of though. Um, but I did clip out a little bit of that. I don't even know if you want me to play it, but. No, do it. This is fun. Let's just have fun. We're going to have fun, kid. The Montauk monster has emerged. Once again. Once again. This is kind of freaky, man. This thing, I think, exists. I mean, there's still a question of whether or not it's real or fake, but it's scary. It's a scary-looking animal. Uh, Apparently, it smells really bad. Now, the Montauk monster I'd always heard about was actually brought from another dimension, Stranger Things-style via a kid in the Montauk trip chair. They had them hooked up, and it's psychically a, a creature from its dream manifested in, into 3D space from the child's brain. Like this, And didn't it destroy like a lot of shit on the Air Force Base? Yeah, like, like it, it roamed was around, killing people. Like and it, shit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it terrorized uh, the base. Yep. yep. That, but th- what, so I don't understand what the Young Turks is talking about here with this Montauk monster. It's the thing that washed up uh, on um, on the shores, and it kind of looks like a raccoon, but it kind of looks like a dog, and it's hairless, and uh, th- that's what they're talking about. It's another thing. So there's another research um, <clears throat> base. It's like an island off of Long Island. It's or like a like another like little base that's kind of out there and a little bit off of it. Man, at Camp David? No, not Camp David. Something else. I can't remember now. Anyways, and it's said that they do animal research on that base, and that this is something that washed up that escaped from that base, and they call it, and they call it the Montauk Monster. But it's not okay. the one I know the one you're thinking of too, because I saw that one too. Yeah, the There's Montauk Monster. Pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, the Montauk <laughs> like Monster. I'm thinking of video. Is like, yeah, <laughs> like Bigfoot. Like Bigfoot ran around and smashed some shit like the Hulk. Yeah, but it's kind of like goopy it's kind of like slimier and goopier than a bigfoot i think at least the depictions yeah. i saw of it um but yeah and it's yeah it's a fucking huge monster yeah and it's they it, i didn't it was like you know punching through steel walls and stuff yep. this is all like legend and you know third-hand knowledge stuff yeah um, yeah this is yeah. it's always found it's in though. new york for some reason long island beach and that's why it's always. the Montauk monster uh, they found one last year they found one this year this is it now, I look at that picture and I think, yeah, it smells because uh, this is going to be the picture from last year. Oh, that's so disgusting. Look at that beak and then the paw and stuff like that. And it looks like it's been roasting in the sun. Right. The first picture, the one from this year, I felt like, yeah, it smells because it's a bloated dog carcass. It's a bloated dog <laughs> Chink's thinking it's a bloated dog carcass that I would love to fuck. The one from this yeah. year, I Chink. felt like, yeah, it smells because it's a bloated dog carcass. That washed up on, on, on the beach, right? And somehow it lost its head or something, right? Uh, but then you see the video and you're like, oh, right? Mm-hmm. I look at that and I think, yeah, it's easy. It's a dog, da da da. You do something crazy with the head, you're fine, right? Uh, now I'm beginning to think maybe it's some sort of genetic experiment gone wrong slash sea creature. That's not a, there's no way that's a dog carcass. <laughs> you guys all bought it. I hate stuff like that. Uh, you know, some people have the theory that it's some sort of genetic experiment that's going on somewhere in Long Island, and it, uh, you know, washes up, and and then I think they took this one to a cooler, 
to keep it cool and they won't turn it over because they think the last time we turned it over they made it disappear. Right. Think about it. Think about it, okay? See, don't get me wrong. Sea, land, air, what do I give a shit, right? right. It'd be cool if we could fly. I'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, wah, wah. <laughs> Plum Island. Is- <laughs> Plum Island, New York, is a foreign animal disease and biological warfare um, for the Homeland Security, actually. Mm. And that's off uh, south coast of New York, Long Island. And so that's what they think washed up on was that some genetic freak animal ex- genetic experiment yep, yep. that is or something that came through up. a portal uh, yep. land air yep. what do i give a shit right yeah. it'd be cool if we could fly i'd be like yeah and I'd be like, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> or what if it was an experiment by dick chamber create evil montauk monsters and unleash it on the american population in fact i'm surprised the republicans haven't already accused obama <laughs> right all right, and then and then he gets these monsters, and then he's going to take away our guns, and then the monsters are going to come and increase your taxes. Oh, what the fuck? Dude? What this thing? Hey, look at that thing! It looks like matches. Look at that skull. It looks like a molar or something. What the fuck? Oh, I love that. All right, we've got an official monster on our hands. Everybody, watch out! Oh my God! This is a uh, this. I mean. I, Jimmy Dore must have still been hanging out with them at this point because this is not the young Turks that we know today. They would never play anything like this. Yeah, but also like him saying like, oh, the monsters are going to raise our taxes because Chink, if one thing he's always been consistent on, he's pro-increased taxes. Well, he's a government shill. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. I know people who listen to the young Turks. I can't stand them. I can't. They can go to hell. And that's with all that, I gotta say about that. <laughs> uh, that's my that's my hot take for the day. Man. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I um, I don't know. I I do think uh, Montauk, uh, like you said, is probably still shut down. But like, they if they were doing that, then like they wouldn't just stop. So maybe we should get into uh, even though I mean, is I guess it would be I guess the time travel aspect makes it complicated. Was it before or after? Montauk, but do you want to get into uh, uh, the Philadelphia Project? Oh, yes. Let's do that. And if you have any Al, Al clips, Al was the guy that went into the wormhole that brought him into uh, Montauk Air Force Base. So if you got anything with that, that'd be good. Um, I do have... Uh, I, do. I, did, I might be able to find it. I, I, th- I have it pulled up, but I haven't clipped it, but let me know. Uh, if this is, and I think and, this and is, by the way, just just to go back just a bit, if you want to look at an MK Ultra subproject of mind control, look up sub project fifty four. Um, on page ten, it describes um, the CIA working on these kind of psychic things with mind control. So that's sub project fifty four uh, on MK. I got pulled it up right here. Uh, but the uh, the uh, Philadelphia experiment. Let's see. Uh, I think I sent you one that talks about Project Pegasus. No, Project. Sorry, man. Thought I had. Thought I had my. Uh, I had the rainbow. The, I had the rainbow ones. Yeah, that one. That yeah. They talk about. He talks about it on there. The uh, Rainbow and Phoenix projects, precursors to Philadelphia. Essentially, the Rainbow Project. Well, let's first go into the background. During World War II, we were losing the war. We were outnumbered. We had Germany against us, most of Europe at that point. 
we had Italy against us, we had Japan against us, and it was felt it was a losing cause. So the government was essentially looking for that secret weapon that would win the war. So in 43, that area, 43, late 42, 43, 44, they launched a lot of these very avant-garde, super science type projects out of almost desperation. One of them was the uh, Rainbow Project, which we know is a Philadelphia experiment. This was where they attempted to make a uh, military navy boat invisible, hmm. radar invisible, what they're interested in. The other project of interest was the Phoenix Project, which was essentially mind control research. This involved chemical mind control, psychological, the use of PA systems, propaganda, you know, it all started in World War II. The essential. Oh yeah. So, um, all I was thinking. So the Rainbow Project then is so early Philadelphia experiment. <laughs> uh, so this started in the 30s uh, at the Institute for Advanced Study at Princeton, uh, and you can look that up. Advanced the Institute for Advanced Study at Princeton is still actually, uh, I think, still actually a thing. Um, and they were looking at invisibility on a small scale or radar invisibility. So that was kind of their big focus in which, you know, now we have the stealth technology and that came out of these projects. Uh, there's this, this, it's suspected that Nikolai Tesla was working with this. Um, and, uh, his research was, I think up until the day he died. Um, but they did a bigger project with the Eldridge. If you want to play the next one, I think it explains that as well. They essentially worked on these two projects. The Philadelphia Experiment, or the Rainbow Project, was essentially a failure. What were the dates on the Rainbow Project? The Rainbow Project, actually, the very basic physics research started in the mid-30s. Hmm. But actually, the government got interested after some successful tests were shown by the Advanced Sciences Institute at Princeton. Institute for Advanced Study. Yeah, the Institute for Advanced Study at Princeton. They showed that on small scale, the invisibility could be achieved. Mm -hmm. This was work based upon the work of Nikola Tesla, Dr. John Eric von Neumann, and others that were in the Institute for Advanced Studies at Princeton. At that point, the Navy realized this thing had a huge tactical application. Mm -hmm. So they backed it and they funded it. And the research was done up until August of 1943, which we're not sure is the second to the last test or the last test. Mm -hmm. But August 12, 1943, the project was installed in a ship, the Eldridge, it was a destroyer escort class, mm -hmm. uh, not a real small boat, but not a real big battleship. Mm -hmm. The boat was built special for the Rainbow Project, mm -hmm. where they were able to take one of the gun turrets on the front of the boat was fake. They could take it off and they had a big opening to drop electronic equipment in, mm -hmm. large generators, the whole nine yards of it. Mm -hmm. And by 1943, they had already outfitted the Eldridge with all this equipment. Mm -hmm. Now, supposedly, yeah. when when they, so, according to legend, they successfully teleported that ship. It didn't land. It didn't show up exactly where they expected. And all the crew was dead and fused and, like, melded into the walls of, in the hull of the ship. 
Yeah, he he talks about it. if you find the Art Bell uh, interview, and I suggest people find the Art Bell interview with Al Bielik. This was Preston Nichols, by the way, but the Al Bielik one is more specific to the Philadelphia experiment. But <clears throat> he talks about if you have the clips, do you have the clips? I don't have it clipped out, but I think I am about at the timestamp of right where he tells like what happens. Uh, Ooh, let's so. try it. Let's try it. And we yanked on them, grabbed on them, tried to force them. They wouldn't budge. We could not break power connection. Conditions continue to get worse in the control room, so we decided, let's get out of here. Opened the bulkhead door, ran out on deck. So a sail was milling around very severely. No one was buried in the deck at that time. And uh, we've got the bright idea, well, let's jump overboard and swim ashore. We were both good swimmers. So we did jump overboard. Now, I must state at that point, we could see nothing beyond the railing of the ship. It was just a gray fog, if you will, a, a gray something. We right. didn't know what it was, but we couldn't see anything beyond the ship. The ship was still quite visible of itself, though there was a haze running around on the ship. We jumped overboard. We never hit the water. We decided we didn't know what was happening, but we started to fall and fall and fall through what appeared to be or felt like a tunnel of some kind. Mm-hmm. and all kinds of strange flashing lights. And eventually we wound up standing on our feet on dry land. Uh, quite a change from the expected water landing. I should say. Uh, dry land at night on the inside perimeter of a military base. There's a chain link fence immediately to our back. And suddenly there was a bright searchlight beaming down on us from what was obviously a helicopter overhead. Right. And we didn't know what a helicopter was because in 43 there were still play toys things which Sikorsky was working on, selling a few to the military, but they certainly were not a mainstay at that period. Today, they are a mainstay of the military. So here we were spotlighted by a searchlight, and MPs came out of nowheres. This is where the story deviates from the movie. They grabbed us immediately, took us to a... By the way, that movie is called The Philadelphia Experiment, right? Philadelphia Experiment. Have you seen that? When I was younger, yeah, it came out when I was younger, but I haven't seen it since, and I didn't mm. have time this week to sit down and watch. Yeah, I, I'm, I haven't seen it. I'm wondering about the Philadelphia, like, but it is based on Al uh, Al's story. What's his last name? Yeah, Beelik. 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 Okay, but it's yeah. it's so that that movie is pretty much entirely based on his uh, his version of the of what happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he he actually says I I don't know if it's in this clip, but he actually says other than like the romance stuff that Hollywood inserts and all that shit it's uh it's pretty accurate mm. building in the building we went but on an elevator it took us down several levels elevator doors opened <clears throat> we saw a lot of military personnel running around and an elderly civilian came forward and greeted us <clears throat> and said to us i've been expecting you gentlemen i am dr john von neumann oh. he looked at him and said you're who and i said i'm dr von neumann i said you can't be we left him about an hour ago. He's a much younger man. He said, no, I'm sorry, gentlemen. You're no longer in 1943. I'm 40 years older. This is 1983, and you were at Montauk, Long Island, part of the Phoenix Project. Well, we thought he was nuts. Wow. However, he gave us the grand tour of the underground base. We saw computers which did not exist in 43. graphic displays, large-screen color TV, and other electronic apparatus totally beyond anything we knew of in 1943. So we were not only impressed, we were thoroughly distraught. Finally, we sat down and watched TV for a few hours. 
As we found out later, we arrived at about 2 a.m. in the morning on the 12th of August, 1983, on Montauk, Long Island. The base was at the extreme eastern end of Long Island on what is known as a Montauk Air Force Station, long since abandoned, but 1983 was still operational in terms of this project. So we watched color TV, which of course didn't exist in 43. And when you see ads for a 747 jet aircraft and men on the moon and discussions about the moon landings and the Cold War with Russia and a few other things, we knew something was terribly wrong. Holy mackerel, Al. And a few shots of modern freeways and traffic jams and, and that sort of thing. That that could be psychologically... It was devastating. Devastating is a good word. Uh, Al, hold on. We're going into another break. What an amazing story. What a turn. Thank you. Stay right there, Al. Um, but yeah, that's, I love uh, God. yeah, art's great. I miss that show. I used to go to sleep listening to that show. I'm going to have to go back through the archives. Uh, <clears throat> that's good shit, dude. Listen. Yeah. I'm going to be a little change of pace from falling asleep to like Alex Jones or Dick Masterson yelling in my ear. Well, I, I got to tell you, there's something about, cause it was AM it's coast to coast AM with art bell. So it doesn't have like even the great sound quality that even podcasts have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's it's an AM, so everything sounds, you know, like you're listening through a walkie-talkie almost. So it's like yeah. it's got that even – it even seems believable because it seems underground because you're on AM. Yeah. You know, you're not on an FM channel or UHF or whatever it is. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I get Alex Jones on AM and FM here. But I do kind of prefer the AM because it's – yeah, it sounds like pirate radio, like you said. Um, it does sound like pirate radio, yeah. Yeah. Yes, Bully C. Yeah, frequency is different for sure. He, I, I will say that the callers uh, overall in this Art Bell broadcast, like what would you say, like 80% of them think this guy's full of shit, Al? Yeah, but I think that's great because I think he should be challenged because they mm. want to know that this is real. So, you know, you got to be skeptical about these things. You can't just believe them, you know, right out of hand. You have to, you know, you got to, you know, play these things out and one guy tried to you know i don't know if you have the clip or not one guy tried to fuck him up about physics stuff and uh and he said oh well you don't know about that oh well i guess i guess you're a liar or whatever and later on he kind of explained himself because the reason why i didn't answer this guy is because and he gives her actually a really reasonable explanation and so you're you're you know as i'm listening to it i'm like oh this guy doesn't seem like he's necessarily lying yeah i think he really believes it but good liars also believe their lies yeah, I, that's kind of, and it could be something along the lines of um, Bob Lazar, where it's like, well, he they might have just tricked this guy into giving out like misinformation. Like he's, I mean, they, it could be. He also says he's, you know, his name is different, and Al Belik's a weird character. And there's some videos you can find on Rumble if you look up uh, Al Belik Montauk aliens time travel and wormholes. Um, I I didn't have time to shift. Uh, sift through this two-hour video on Rumble. I almost I pulled a clip of him it. doing a presentation in front of an audience where Al Bielik is talking about the reptilians at the Montauk base and the Greys. Yeah, the, yeah, he oh. says a lot of crazy. But when you watch him, I mean, he's dead serious. I don't know if this guy made any money off this, honestly. Yeah, I, no, he's I really he's old. He's he's old, and he's um, if it's a con, it's a long con. It's a um, very but, long con. He's been doing this for decades. Yeah. The one thing I I told you like when I when you first sent me that this Art Bell episode with him was like he really could have got if he 
if he want like he's like, well, there's no way to prove any of this. I, I don't have any hard proof. The government took what little bit I tried to get out of the lab or whatever. But yeah, he did try to get stuff. Yeah, that's true. But it seems to me that if this happened to him in the 40s, that uh, his, the easiest way to prove it would be start talking about the Kennedy assassination and when the moon landing is going to happen and stuff in the 40s and 50s and even early yeah, but 60s. Even if he received that, way that information, that way you're on record. You know, that way you're yeah. on record and you have proof, but there's no, uh, there's, as far as I know, there's, he's not on record predicting anything that's going to happen in the future. Yeah. I think he said he traveled to 2627 or something like that. I mean, Hey, I thought he said the year 6,000 something. No, I think it was, it was the 2000s. I don't know. 6,000. I didn't hear that one. I That'd thought he said, it's like, we traveled to the year 6037 and it was just like a, everybody saw the same image. It was just like a golden statue or something in the middle of the road or in the, in this cro- intersection. Oh, North Korea. Awesome. Everyone's in North Korea. Yeah. Kim Jong-un wins, kids. That's it. That'd be pretty (laughs) cool. That'd actually be pretty cool. Uh, That's like out of a Command and Conquer video game. Yeah, it is actually. That's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) Well, another aspect of the uh, Philadelphia experiment, too, had Tesla involved in it. And uh, there's there's a bit of a conspiracy about Tesla and Einstein both working on this as part of the unified field theory, um, it kind of falls apart in which you find out Tesla actually did not agree with Einstein and this theory of relativity. And that even Einstein, his theory of relativity was supposed to be the unified uh, field theory. And that means that everything is all theories about time and, and gravity and everything is all under one roof. Basically it's unified. Um, but Einstein couldn't actually reach that with his relativity because he didn't have the foreknowledge that we have now of subparticles and dark matter and dark matter actually has been proven through the large Hadron collider, not colander. Um, so, uh, (laughs) which I think I said earlier, the large Hadron calendar. Yeah. Calendar. Yeah. Calendar or colander, you know, where you rinse your noodles through so um but i guess even though they were uh they lived at in during the same time tesla and einstein they didn't actually agree with one another at all but tesla did work on a lot of these projects and he was a part of a lot of this stuff he was actually at the the princeton institute as well um so yeah he was working on all this government shit uh yeah for the for the u.s and yet he died like broken alone and in love with a pigeon. So I, like they didn't take good care of him. Apparently they might've like, they, who knows? They might've MK adultered his ass before he died. The Tesla thread is, is interesting. Cause if you pull on that one, what you find is he died in a hotel and with his research and guess who got his hands on that research. It was an MIT professor. Trump's uncle. Yeah. 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 You knew it already. This, and this ties and he into said the there time was, travel thing. Yeah, and he said there's nothing here that would be weaponized or anything like that, which, you know, bullshit. Yeah. You know, why a government guy is never going to say anything that's I think is true, honestly. It's always going to be half truce. Um, so anyways, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit too. Now, so, if time time travel, um if I I can't remember, I think they actually asked uh, uh Al if the future was like set in stone. If he already, if he saw the future, he's like, is this future set in stone or can you change it? And he, I think if I remember right, his answer was like, nothing is set in stone. There's no like certain, um, certain 
outcome in the future, right? Yeah, he almost talked about, um, he almost kind of stepped on multiverse type things, like different threads of reality that are not yet known and that things can be changed so that nothing, yeah, you're right, nothing can be set in stone. So, But that almost felt like an out for him for not predicting mm. future things. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Like the very fact that I'm saying this is now altered reality, which is what, butterfly effect or something like that? But if you, like, in the exact moment you're in, the future is uncertain and anything, you know, there's different, um, you know, infinite possibilities of how the future could go theoretically if we have free will and it's not all set in stone. But if you were to time travel 100 years into the future, everything, everything, that in the, wherever you end up in a hundred years, everything would be based on that timeline, that moment you left from. It would be everything would be based on that exact moment you left that that thread that you oh. get to in the future, right? It's like Back yeah. to the Future. Uh, is that Back to the Future too? When they they are on the skewed timeline because they traveled. Yes. When, when they, they travel back, yeah. When they travel back, they traveled onto a, a, a alternate timeline based on something that happened in the past. So it's like it. In a, in that sense, like time is set if you're going to time travel forward. I don't know if that made any sense. No, it does. It does absolutely. When time is a weird thing too, which is why uh, people have a hard concept. Like time is almost man-made so that we can have some kind of reference point of when a thing has happened, um, and our memories are kind of combined with time too, right? So it, it helps us uh, explain with words. Um, when a thing has happened to us or to someone else or why it's significant. Uh, but in the grand scale of things, I mean, what is, what is time? Even as humans, we feel time in a weird way, right? Cause like, if you think like, if you take climate change, this is, this is weird. So help, follow me here. If you can, if you take climate change, like people get all like jitty about climate change. Like, Oh my God, we gotta, we gotta solve climate change. And the only reason why we feel like that is because we, we don't live long, <laughs> right? We live eighty so to a, <laughs> we live eighty to a hundred years, maybe long COVID. So um, maybe not. Uh, so we feel a sense of urgency along this time that we have to we have to solve it now. We have to fix it now. We have to, you know, it, it's it's weird for us to to think outside of no time or that time is can be more spatial than it is and not so linear. I don't know if that makes sense. And so I think those are the things that, that really smart people quote unquote smart people wrestle with that a lot of us just leave, leave on the side of the road because it's like, I don't, I don't have fucking bandwidth for this. I don't want to think about this, you know, but other people want to think about this and then they get kind of caught up in these, you know, what if, what if we can see in the past? What if we can see in the future? How far in the future? Two nanoseconds in the future. Am I a time traveler now? Because I can see two nanoseconds into the future, maybe I don't know. So, anyways, well, yeah, there, and there's um, that's my rant. Time, tra- yeah, well, there's time travel would be the different, like, yeah, remote viewing the future mm-hmm. and the past is different than being able to actually f- travel there and physically interact with it. But they're both yeah. technically would be time travel, I suppose. Well, this goes into, I mean, we could, <laughs> like I said, the threads of this. Are are so vast. This could go into that uh, the window that you can see into the future that the government was working on. Um, oh, they actually yeah. talk about it on Fringe. Um, you know, like a like a, a thing that you can see through, and it it shows you the future and 
I mean, we can go into all kinds of things that, you know, these are probably black projects that, you know, our government was working on and in the sense that they weren't congressional money. So they're probably funding it through Eisenhower's opium trade or some shit like that. Yeah. (laughs) There's another thread if anyone wants to pull on that one. (laughs) Uh, That's how dodgeball was invented. (laughs) I don't don't know why I thought of that scene in time. Dodgeball was invented by opium-addicted Chinamen who used severed heads instead of the ADA-approved balls we use today. Good Lord. On some timeline, that might be true. (laughs) Yeah, so Project Rainbow, that was the early Philadelphia experiment. Al Bielik had the Philadelphia experiment experience in which he was brought into Montauk, and then Montauk, you know, the guys there were like, hey, we knew all about this. Hey, 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 and we're going to send you back. And then they continue to work on time traveling stuff uh, from there. And, and then, uh, you know, I think stuff like movies and whatnot are, you know, just controlled opposition so that you think, oh, it's just a fictional movie. It's not really true. And do you, um, do you think that if they, ha- if they had time travel in the 1940s, they obviously have it now. And how are how how has like they have how have they not broken? I guess like the uh, the timeline and the um Time, taste, time space continuum is not as fragile as Doc Brown or some others would say. If um, I mean, that might explain the Mandela effect if they have if time travel's working. But it seems like if multiple governments had time travel, which you would imagine they would if we had it in the forties, that things would be getting pretty off the rails by now and getting wonky. How would we know? How would we right? know? Right, because if time got changed, then our memories would also be changed. So. Everything we remember is happening. We, even though it didn't happen, we would have remembered it because the timeline got changed, including our memory of something that we didn't actually experience. And there's the plot to the man in High Castle. I mean, it's the same kind of you know ideas. I mean, how do we know that the time traveling stuff didn't actually end the war in World War II, in which we were the superpower? I mean, I, I, there's so many things. It's like, how do you not know? How do you not know? But if, if time, time travel is real, could the UFOs we see coming? up out of the water and uh, sometimes in the sky. um, Could those be time machines? Sure. I mean, or dimensional, another timeline. I mean, for sure. I mean, one of the things, even, even normie NPC type people that I talked to in the last two years with the COVID and the pandemic and stuff, they feel like they jumped a timeline. Like even if they, even if they're like, you know, triple vaxxed and super boosted and whatnot and have Fauci, you know, sink candles in their house, even they would admit, like, no, this this was weird. This was like we felt like we jumped a <laughs> jumped a timeline. I felt like that when Trump some got weird thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's like, wait, this guy was on The Apprentice. Like, wait a minute, was this <laughs> yeah, guy that, a Democrat? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. You know, and his family has been in all kinds of government stuff and and MIT stuff for <laughs> decades too. So. I mean, you just have to look back in these people's histories and you can kind of find these things, whether you agreed with them or not. I'm, I don't care about that, you know, but they all have their hands in some pie somewhere that I, has affected the rest of us plebs as we I felt like I try to, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, as we try to eke out a, some kind of existence and make it 80 years or something like that, they always fuck with us some way. Hey man, that seems like a long time. I'm halfway there, so it doesn't really. <laughs> You're just a young buck, so uh, <laughs> to you that seems far off. <laughs> For those of us that are past forty, I've just seen people. I've just seen people off. that are eighty. I mean, my granddad lived to be ninety-nine, 
It just doesn't seem like you're having fun at that point. It's like, it's like uh. No, my neighbor died at 104, and one of the last things she says is, I don't think humans are meant to live this long. Like, she was just like, I want to die. Yeah. Can I die? When do I get to die? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want exactly. to die. But, yeah, no, Everything I felt hurts. like... I felt like I jumped timelines today when I saw Jordan Peterson tweeting about how hard it is to find child porn on Twitter now. <laughs> I was like, man, you could have phrased that one a little better. Yeah, you sure could have. Let me, did you, let me see if I can find that now that I'm thinking about it. That was wild. That's he probably deleted hilarious. it by now. Oh, Jordan. Um, he was... <laughs> it's just like... The, the way he said it kind of... Um, it, the implication that he was trying to look for it. And couldn't look for, find it. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, if you know what's going on with Eliza and Elon Musk, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, Elon Musk could even be involved in some of this timey-wimey shit, too, by the way. He's got his hands in everything just because you don't know. I mean, he did name his company, his uh, motor vehicle company Tesla. So Yeah. I mean, and what's interesting about that, too, is, again, Donald Trump's uncle took the Tesla papers. Um, there's a huge story. Actually, PBS has a, has a story on it. PBS, of all places, by the way. Uh, talk about this and how after he died, after Tesla died, his, uh, I think Tesla's nephew, uh, Sava, tried to hurry up into his uncle's room and grab all the papers before he could. But by the time he got in there, he found that everything was removed and that his room was basically tossed. <clears throat> and mm. technical papers were missing as well as a black notebook that he knew that Tesla kept with him at all times that had several hundred pages of uh, something that were marked government um, and then later on, we find out that uh, Dr. John G. Trump, uh, who was with the National Defense Research Committee <clears throat> and Scientific Research and Development Committee, um, had those papers in which he said, oh, I've reviewed these papers, there's, and there's nothing here that is weaponized. Yep. Um, now, he, what year did he die? Tesla? Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been late 30s? 40s, actually. Tesla died. You know, he might not have even... 1943. Okay. <clears throat> so right in the... Yeah. This is right along... 43 was when the um, Philadelphia experiment happened, right? So uh-huh. There could be a connection there. Maybe they killed him after they got everything they needed out of him. Or Tesla was an alien and he returned to his home planet after he gave our government all our all the, his planet secrets. Well, that, that's funny, too, because Tesla actually said he received things from aliens. Yeah, he would have... Uh, Astral, astral projection. Yeah, be careful a, though. He's a fascinating dude. I mean, <laughs> the stuff he came up with that worked, uh, the knowledge that he had, and then he also said crazy shit that would have gotten him canceled in this day and age. I mean, <laughs> and it's interesting too because Donald Trump's uncle um, also came up with a couple inventions after uh, grabbing these papers. Uh, including uh, the static electricity ball thing that you see at museums and that they used to sell in homes or science could be science experiments or whatever. I forget the name. Ooh, of it. Did he invent those corn cob holders that are shaped like little corn cobs that you put on the side of <laughs> corn on the cob? To eat it? No, but those are brilliant, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who eats corn on the cob knows those are the shit. <laughs> like you have to have those. Otherwise you just got messy hands and you're just yeah, an you asshole. got buttery corny hands. All right. So this yeah. is a, this is a tweet from Robert Reich. The, the midget guy that's a communist, you know what I'm talking about? No, but go for it. Okay. Um, well, somebody in the chat knows what I'm talking about. He tweeted, Probably. Elon Musk and his enablers have turned this website into a torrent of ad hominem attacks, lies floated as jokes, and blatant misinformation. This yeah. isn't freedom of speech. It's just dangerous. 
And then Jordan Peterson quote tweeted that and said, and it's getting just impossible to find child porn. Dot, 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 <laughs> dot, 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 smiley face. I think he was saying that this guy was a pedophile. That's what I think yeah. he was implying. Yeah. Well, are you mad? I mean, Cause you can't find kitty porn anymore. You can't <laughs> find your cheese pizza. You poor guy. I don't know. I just wouldn't have worded it the way that, uh, no, I wouldn't have either. Cause you know, the trolls are going to be after that dude. I mean, as soon as I read that, I was like, were you look? It just the, is like, were you looking for it, bud? So anyway, yeah, I think we, we live in a timeline where, um, it's a weird, like Trump was president. We got a, uh, as Joe and OB Dean would say, a pants shitting pedophile in the white house. And, um, Jordan Peterson's making dumb tweets and Kanye West is right about absolutely everything he says. And it's just crazy. Yeah, actually, when I went, I went to a meetup in uh, Tacoma at the Seven Seas Brewery. Uh, shout out to everyone there if you're listening. And there was a dude there who showed me the, the, the text of Kanye West's personal trainer. Have you seen this? So yeah. Kanye West's personal trainer sent Kanye a text, and Kanye you know, screenshot it and sent it off on, I think, on Twitter, talking about, hey, if you don't shut up about this stuff, I'm going to drug you again. Make and sure you, you never come see to find out this. Yeah, and, and you come you to find out up. that this guy actually has worked for the government. That the oh, yeah, personal trainer spook. actually has. Yeah, he's a spook. He was literally. So this guy's this fucking handler that was drugging him. He was literally involved in. Uh, wasn't he literally involved in uh, hypnotherapy type stuff and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. Which ties into our show beautifully because mm-hmm. we're talking about mind control. Project Montauk was part of the Project Phoenix, which was mind control. And, See how I did that? See what I did? Yeah, that was good. I saved us. Okay. <laughs> should we um <laughs> do you have anything you need to get to or should we I got all I have left is Oak Ridge UFOs so we can circle Let's back Let's do the to Oak Ridge UFOs. Let's okay. do it. There's always interesting and secret things going on in Oak Ridge. There has been for over 60 years. The Manhattan oh, the Project from the stuff. very beginning was the biggest secret in the world at the time. It was the largest industrial project in the history of the world, and nobody knew about it. The governor of the state of Tennessee didn't even know Oak Ridge, Oak Ridge existed. While 75,000 people lived there, it was the third largest city in the state of Tennessee during World War II. Oak Ridge has always had a history of doing secret and private and unconventional things. I have irrefutable proof of a uh, spacecraft landing in Oak Ridge. So the report uh, that came out of this UFO I know was given by federal employees. And you know, you didn't hear much about it later. Um, you know, did the FBI come in and kind of squash it and hide that report away and and uh, and say, you know, you don't talk about this? You now, never know. <laughs> Maybe. I... <laughs> I can't figure out what documentary this is from. I found it with no context given on YouTube and I've looked for it and I can't find the full thing, but it's something about, I guess the whole, th- it's about, um, I guess the whole thing is about Oak Ridge. I don't know, but they have the uh, technical director at the time of one of the Oak Ridge labs uh, interviewed and like some other guys and they're kind of jumping back and forth through here. But I've, uh, this is onto the, uh, the UFO portion of it. I know. In the 50s and 60s in Oak Ridge, uh, there were several sightings of UFOs. Um, I believe it was credible sightings. Uh, they, they, were, they were reported by people that worked at the plant in Oak Ridge. Uh, these were respected, respectable, uh, educated folks who, who reported these sightings. 
Um, I don't think, and, I, and I, I do remember that there was within a couple of weeks, there were several sightings that were reported in Oak Ridge. Came to this clearing, and I saw this, uh, this disc-like object, you know. It was, uh, it was kind of like a Frisbee, and it came, uh, came down and kind of skidded to a landing over by these trees. And Have you considered that maybe it was an actual Frisbee? Just throwing that out there came down and kind of skidded to a landing over by these trees. And man, as soon as that happened, every cop car, ambulance, uh, every vehicle you could think of from the uh, federal government was like right there, like magic. I don't think cop cars and uh, ambulances are federal, um, but maybe it's different on a federal installation. There was an official report that was given a couple of workers at one of the plants in Oak Ridge had, uh, had seen an unidentified flying object and uh, reported it, and I believe it was uh, reported to the FBI. If you hadn't seen what I'd seen, you wouldn't think it was anything out of the ordinary. But uh, that's when I started thinking about, uh, pardon the expression, the government conspiracies. And I just have one more. Um, this... Um like I said, I wish I could find the entire source material for this because I'm in, I'm pretty interested since, like I said, I'm driving past this, that crap in Oak Ridge multiple times a week. I'm pretty interested in uh, what what the hell's going on over there. I mean, I've seen yeah. things in the morning driving to work, work in the fog that uh, I know I wasn't really seeing. Uh, I couldn't have been seeing what I thought I was seeing. And then as I approached it, it obviously wasn't there. Now that kind of reminds me now that i'm hearing it in this context of the implanting images in people's minds with remotely with that uh, technology yeah yeah absolutely i mean i've seen it was, things it was there he saw it and then in it the morning there drive, yeah he gets yeah. closer and it's gone yeah uh, i mean i've seen things in the morning driving to work work in the fog that uh i know i wasn't really saying uh i couldn't have been seeing what i thought i was saying and then as i approached it it's Obviously wasn't there. At, at first, you know, I kind of doubted that it had happened at all because nobody else was saying anything about it. And like a lot of young people at the time, you know, I had messed around with some things. You know, I drank a little and, uh, you know, and we, we, some of us smoked a little you bit. Know. I would say Oak Ridge houses a lot of aliens, illegal aliens. When the U.S. <laughs> was sending their first men to the moon, That's true. they needed some special equipment that was That's created uh, for, the, uh, for the astronauts. And one of the things that Oak Ridge did was create the moon box, the actual moon box that they moon took box. to the moon the very first time. They, they designed it, they built it, and uh, so that kind of began this relationship with NASA and the, and the space program. Uh, so there's no reason that I would think that that uh, Oak Ridge's relationship with the space program and NASA would have would have ended at the end of that project. I know for many many years they did things for the space program that are still classified today uh, and and very very secret. These people know not to talk about and know not to tell about things that they're not supposed to talk about. So if something were to happen in Oak Ridge, very easily it could keep it could be kept a secret for decades. What happens in Oak Ridge stays in Oak Ridge. I've really said too much, and, and I don't really think I can comment any further. Oh. Chicken shit. Man.
Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 hoping over the next uh, few months I'm gonna I can find more about about Oak Ridge, but they keep that shit under wraps. Like the only detailed information I can find about Oak Ridge is stuff prior to the Cold War. Um, so, or just like dumb PR shit like that portal thing, Stranger Things. Yeah, I imagine if Art Bell was still alive, um, he would probably be talking about Oak Ridge more. But Area 51, he was in Vegas, so Area 51 was, was like his place of expertise. But it sounds like Oak Ridge is like an Area 51. Secret yeah, base, I mean, secret community. You can't. No one can yeah, talk yeah. about it. Everything's compartmentalized. Well, that's yeah, that's definitely how it, its origin and its history. I mean, I've been in nuclear, and it's also every, it was built like, you know, in the height of the World War II. So all the um, houses around there have nuclear bunkers in the backyard, at least most of them. I've gone down in some of those, and some of them are huge and really cool. Uh, kind of creepy, but you know, backyard underground bunkers. Every, like most of the suburban houses have one in the backyard. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. But uh, but yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's um, like I said, it's something I hope I can dive deeper into. I know it, um, David Ferry and Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, I've been looking into that as well. They spent some time in Oak Ridge. Apparently, um, it's hard to find information on that as well. But in their cancer research that David Ferry was working on. Uh, oh really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, yeah. It's like um yeah, another another connection there, the Lee Harvey Oswald Oak Ridge connection. But it's just so oh God. it's all like There's based so on like threads. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the it's based on like journals and and a couple documents say like he was um he was checked in at, there at um I can't remember the like I don't know it's it's weird because it gets into with so much of this type of stuff it's hard to parse the uh the speculation rumor and innuendo from the legit stuff especially yeah, when it's all still classified so. yeah that's crazy dude but yeah that's um that's all i got that's I all like. i got sweet this was well, good stuff man yeah that was fun if uh if listeners are listening of course and they're curious about it i mean we gave them a lot of information that if they want to go check this out and go follow down some rabbit holes i know someone here uh also talked about uh doing a a Philadelphia experiment watch party. That sounds kind of fun too. We could do something like that. Oh yeah. I think no beret was in the chat saying that. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That would be good. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm down to watch that. And obviously, like I said, um, some, some of those documentaries and whatnot, I'll put in the show notes. Uh, and yeah, anything else you want me to put in the show notes? And of course, uh, beer bourbon and balderdash, a great podcast. Everybody can check out. That'll be in the show notes. Yeah, we're not we're not as conspiratorial, but we do offer some uh, good stuff on leadership and how to overcome adversity. And and uh, me and my co-host John, we uh, we basically just uh, review some beers and some bourbons and and talk about some uh, some stuff that interests us. So uh, check us out. We're uh, basically beer. weekly. Yeah. <laughs> beer, bourbon, balderdash. Yeah. Beer, beer, beer. I'm um, beer. Beer, 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 beer. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So it sounds like uh, Japanese or something at the end. Just... It does at the end there. Uh and uh we I usually put it out every Monday. Um we don't do it live yet. I'm working on that. If uh cool people like Sir Cedar want to spend some time and sit with me and figure out how that works, um I'd be really uh really uh yeah. thankful for that. So definitely uh, and hopefully eventually we'll have something live because I know something that's something Sir Bemrose thought our podcast would do really well live as a live show uh too so anyways 
Um, but I appreciate you having me on and I love talking about this stuff. So, uh, maybe one of these threads you and I can pull and, uh, do another show. Yeah. I, th- I think, um, there's a lot more there, there for sure. I think we did the, the training wheels of, of Montauk and the Philadelphia experiment, but it, you can take it, like you said, so many different ways, so many different routes. It's like, a, an infinite amount of directions you can go with this kind of stuff because, and it's, it's fan, it's fantiful. What's the word? Fantasiful. Fanci- fanciful. Fanciful. Jesus Christ. Fanciful. Whoops. I've been drinking beer! Yeah, My yeah. brain isn't fucking working! My brain isn't working. <laughs> uh, fan- fan- um, Fantastical. Yes. <laughs> Whew. But yeah, let's um, let's call it a day. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks again, Sir Bimrose. And uh, everybody in the chat. Everybody yeah, else. Thank you, guys. Uh, we love you. And um, I don't know, maybe I'll... Uh, Get on the abs in a six pack stream here in a little bit and maybe open up the phone lines or something if people are wanting to chit chat. But until then, uh, thanks for tuning in. Bye. Where what the what freaking dimension is this little creature from? This little creature. So let me as succinctly and calmly as I can explain what's currently happening. But 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 first, I'm gonna go to break. We're gonna come back. I'm gonna go to break. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna go to break. I'm gonna go to break. We're gonna come back. I'm gonna come back. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> <laughs> real bad i'm gonna have fun and you're gonna have fun we're all gonna have so much fucking fun we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles you'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes (laughs) what an incredible story this is cbc Good morning, everybody. An absolutely amazing story. Al Bielik is my guest. The discussion surrounding the Philadelphia experiment. And, uh, Al, we're going into a series of small breaks now, so we'll have to capsulize this. Um, and I promise I'll get to these phone lines, which are all full toward the bottom of the hour here. Al, uh, here you are. In uh, You jumped off the ship. You're on dry land, greeted by a helicopter with a spotlight, and you're on a military base, and you're in 1983. Correct. Oh, we didn't believe it at first, but uh, after watching uh, everything, seeing the evidence, we actually went up uh, during the daylight hours up uh, above the ground on the base. They did not let us off the base, but we did have a look around. It was a very large military base, and it's still there, though defunct at the present time. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And defunct in terms of the surface buildings. That's another long story on the Montauk project. But in any case, 
Finally, Van Neumann told us, he said, well, gentlemen, uh, perhaps you're convinced now. I said, well, now we'll have to tell you the rest of the story. He says, I've known the whole story for some time. I've had it in my records. He said, you will go back. We have to send you back to the Eldridge so that you can smash the equipment and shut it off. He says, we can't control it from here. It's still running. The ship disappeared into hyperspace and into a hyperspace bubble, which is a mathematical artificial reality. And it's sustained by the fields generated by the equipment on board the ship. And so there's enough fuel there to keep it running for 30 days if something doesn't break down. They said, the problem is that there, this hyperspace bubble is growing, and we don't know what it's going to encompass and how large it may get. It could engulf the entire Earth. Now, if you remember from the movie, there was an allusion to this. You know, that is the movie, The Philadelphia Experiment, released in 84. Uh, there's a growing huge storm, and the uh, energy is oh. growing. Oh, yes, 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 Al. I'm, I've got it on tape. I'm going to go right home this morning and watch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, you got to go back and destroy the equipment on the Eldridge so I can return to the harbor in 43. And I said, well, that's great. Just how are we supposed to do that? He says, we'll send you back. And I said, and just how are you going to do that? He says, well, we have complete control over space and time here on this project. We can send you anywhere as we want. So we scratched our heads again. We didn't believe him, but they did send us back to the, de the decks of the Eldridge. And the Montauk project is another long story of itself. They did indeed have control of space and time. And that is another long total story. But well, then we obviously have uh, time travel. We've had it since 1945. Good heavens! Actually, and and not just time time travel, but but apparently simultaneously through space as well. Yes. Now that's a much later development. That was the Montauk project in the 60s and the 70s. Actually, it didn't come online without a cable but, but, until 76, 77. What I'm saying is that actually occurred with the Philadelphia experiment because that ship moved not just in time but in space. Correct. That was not intended. It was an accident, so to speak. But the two experiments locked up, and he knew it. <clears throat> so he sent us back so we could smash the equipment. So we're back on the deck of the Eldridge. We go in the control room. We find axes, and we start smashing everything in sight. And eventually, with enough equipment, the lines cut and equipment smashed, mostly the 606 tubes and some auxiliary electronic equipment. The main generator started to wind down, and at that point we knew the thing was over, so we went back out on deck. And then, of course, at that point we saw the bodies buried in the steel. Uh, the, however, we still couldn't see the harbor, and one of the things that turned up was a younger brother by the name of Jim, who was six years younger than Duncan and myself, had enlisted in the Navy after the war started, wound up volunteering for that special test crew, and wound up in the second test, and he was dying in the bulkhead. His head and shoulders were out of the steel, and when he was crying, I went over and put my arm around him, and of course he died that way, and Duncan took one look at this mess, and looked at me and jumped overboard and disappeared. He wound up back in the Montauk Project, probably in 83. Records indicate, as we found since, that it was in 83 that he arrived. And that's another long story, but not to, I will go back to what happened so far as the ship is concerned. All right. After Duncan jumped overboard, the fields collapsed. It took about two minutes because they had been building up for many, many hours. Right exactly how long in hyperspace you can't stay, but in terms of time at Philadelphia, it was four hours. So they collapsed. We saw the normal harbor. The ship was seen to return, and, of course, they sent the launch out and so forth. And I remained with the ship. I made my report. I told them what happened, where I went. Nobody believed me. Van Neumann later took me aside and says, I don't know whether to believe you or not. He says, we're going to find out. 
So he built a time machine there at the Institute, a small but workable one. And the technology for that was very little different than what we were dealing with in terms of the invisibility experiment. Uh, so we said, you're going back to 83, and you're going to get proof and bring it back to me to prove that you were there and that I was there. <laughs> oh, he did. He sent me more than once, and I came back with proof that he accepted. So no more of that experiment. And, of course, he was satisfied. It went into a report somewhere. And, of course, October of 43... After that part was over, he was part of the atomic bomb project at Los Alamos. He made his first trip up there in late October. I guess we could conclude then that the technology from 83 has continued. Surely that's not something they've dropped. No. So, so they have that and much more capability now. Yes, and furthermore, the project, though it was scuttled by the Navy in 43, was resurrected in 1947 when they asked Dr. Van Neumann to resurrect the project and see if he could salvage anything from it and find out what really went wrong. On 46, of course, he was involved in the race with the British on building the first all-electronic digital computer, and uh, he won the race despite what BBC says. And uh, <clears throat> the first computer was completed in 1952. The first working model is today in the Smithsonian, and there's a documentary on that. But in any case, the first one was completed, and he built a new system for the Navy, having solved the problem. In 53, they had a new test on another ship, and there was no personal side effects. It was declared a success finally, and of course, they reclassified the project again and put it under the code name Project Phoenix. All right, an obvious question now. Yeah. If we have this capability now, invisibility, uh, why not? Wh why are we building stealth aircraft? Why are we putting special skins on aircraft and corners that are non-reflective of radar and that sort of thing? If we have technology that uh, will do that, or is it still uh, to the degree that uh, you could not fit it, for example, reasonably on an airplane? Or no, they've long since solved that problem. Well, Fitted for aircraft. It's on the, used on the B-1 bomber, the B-2, which is a stealth bomber. You're saying this technology is being used for stealth? Yes, it's on all Navy fighter aircraft, as Israeli fighter aircraft, uh, the SR-71. Holy! All of the large Navy. Al, hold on. From the Kingdom of Nye, Coast to Coast AM continues with Art Bell. Miss Felix, are you there? Yes. Um, I would like to get the audience involved, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, now I'll just finish that statement. Yes. That the large supercarriers have the capability, and it's even today down to a personnel size. Individual backpack, uh, belt pack, if you will, where an individual can become invisible. Well, that's a disturbing thought. Yes. For, for the rest of us visible folk. Yeah. Um, man is a reality. All right, we'll continue the discussion now, but let me get a little bit of some of the audience in on this. Uh, uh, line one, you're on the air with Al Bielik. Uh, yes, I was listening. I, I excuse my ignorance of physics, but uh, uh, I caught most of it. Some of it just went over my head. Uh, many people, I'm sure, have the same. Is there a way to succinctly describe how uh, you made the ship, the ship invisible? Well, he, he did that. Uh, you mean for the layman? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a good question, sir. Uh, thank you, Al. To the layman. All right. Uh, how would you describe this? And describe it as a special combination of electric and magnetic fields rotating, which because of the choice of frequency, which was mathematically correct, it interacts with the gravity field 
And what it does in that case, you then, according to the unified field theory, which has been completed and the government does have it since 1938, uh, <clears throat> reinteracts with the time field. Now, that gets into a long story, but I will state it very simply by saying you start to phase the ship out of our time reference. And you phase it out far enough, the ship is still physically here in our reality, but what happens is the fields act in a manner so that energy is no longer reflected from that object. Now, if you don't have a reflection, whether it be light or radar, you have no image. So, in, in a sense, in the first part of the experiment anyway, the ship actually was not invisible. It simply was enveloped in a field that uh, um, uh, created... Uh, either to radar or to visual frequencies, the appearance of invisibility. Is that about right? That's correct. And then in the later stages of the experiment, something radically different occurred in which That's correct. space and time were shifted. That's right. That was not intended. It was not part of the original experiment as set up. Holy smokes. Out of state, you're on the air in Las Vegas with Al Bielik. Where are you calling from, please? I'm calling from Little Rock, California. Okay, go ahead. Um, I ought to have a really hard time believing this. Um... How come we don't own the world already, then, if we have this kind of technology? All right. That is, actually, that's a very good question, uh, Mr. Bielik. Uh, with this kind of technology that you say now is down to the point of a backpack uh, and an individual becoming invisible, we ought to more or less own the world. Well, that depends upon who you consider is owning it, because you then get into a political arena involving who is really running the show in terms of a super-secret government, who manipulated much of this technology, at least in the later phases. They did not in terms of the Philadelphia experiment because that was a homegrown experiment involving the Institute of Advanced Study in the Navy. But then it got into the phases after 1947. You then start running into political considerations, uh, the UFO problem, a group called MJ-12, and the secret government. And the secret government is determined to have a one-world government the so-called New World Order, which I'm sure everybody's heard the term, mm -hmm. uh, promulgated by Bush and company. And this is the real just of it, the secret government. They have control of all of this technology. And we no longer, as a nation, really control all of that technology. We no longer, as a nation, have the kind of authority and position we once had. All right, caller? Um, yeah, um, I, you know, like I said, I have a hard time... Um, you know, uh, accepting the story. You know, well, accepting that this is real, but, uh, you know, I had a strange experience when I was a young child once that, that, you know, I can't explain myself and, and, uh, it was very real to me and, and, you know, it has me thinking, you know, this guy could be telling the truth, but it's so hard to believe. I agree. Thank you. Al, um, how do you deal with that? I mean, do you find that people generally, laugh you off, uh, uh, discard what you're saying, um, or do most people buy it, or how do you deal with the incredible aspects of this story? I mean, it is incredible. I, this beats most UFO stories I've heard. <laughs> well, I think you could say that in many respects it does. Now, the problem here is that, yes, there are a lot of people who have never heard the story before. They have not read any other material that's been in the open literature since 1955 dealing with the Philadelphia Experiment. Uh, there's much additional material I can give you on this, but nevertheless, 
The movie was made in 1984. It was released telling basically the story, but a lot of Hollywood fill in with a sure. love story in the interest of sure, the running sure. around Nevada, right. California. They, they can't make movies without love scenes. Right. It's, none of that never occurred. The beginning and the ending is, the beginning is very accurate. The ending is nearly accurate. All right. But uh, in any case, there is a problem there. If you have not been exposed to this, yeah, how can this possibly be? I agree with the gentleman. To be hit with this all at once is rough. Uh, skepticism, but do your research. Eventually, you'll find enough information that you'll probably agree that it happened because there is information available in spite of government suppression. All right. Line two, you're on the air with Al Bielik in Phoenix. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, there's a lot of questions, of course. It's kind of hard to... So I want to ask one very important one. Do you have what you said in a book? I'm sorry, what was that? Yeah, do you have what you, uh, this story that you've just told us, have you written a book about it, Al? Yes, as a matter of fact. And uh, what's the name of it? I'm a joint author with Brad Steiger in a book entitled The Philadelphia Experiment and Other UFO Conspiracies. Okay. Because when you go into the aspects in the 80s, there's more to it than just the Philadelphia Experiment. I'm sure there is. Who publishes that, Al? That's published by, uh, uh, let me think at this hour of the morning my thinker isn't working 100 <laughs> percent would there be more uh, than one book with that title yes that book was uh, published and released in 1990 uh <clears throat> interlight publications as the publisher interlight inner light inner light okay, okay. and another question that real is dr um von neumann still alive Yes, he is. He did not die in 1957, as a public record states. Okay. Uh, another thing is, if this is made into a weapon, uh, would you say, I mean, if we had that much gone that far and it was in America, how did it get away from us? It didn't get away from us in terms of the invisibility. Uh, we have shared it with others. Well, are you saying then that some of the world leaders must all be in on it and they have, can they have gone and seen the future? Therefore, this is why they're so, uh, uh, you know, intent on making it one world because they feel that they have to or there won't be peace and people will be. That's a good question, ma'am. And I'm going to wrap, uh, thank you for the call. I'm going to wrap into that question a little bit. Uh, Al, is it possible to change what occurs in time? Yes and no. Uh, yes, you can if you know what you're doing, but the point is you, they are more concerned with altering the present by looking at the future in order to make the future come out the way the current ruling elite want it to come out. Uh, changing the past is more difficult. It can be done, but it's very difficult. You get into problems of quantum mechanics and quantum physics. I guess what I'm asking really is uh, these world leaders that are um, according to you and others, uh, in concert, headed us, heading us toward a one-world government. Is there an inevitability about it uh, in that it's going to happen whether we like it or not, or can we change it between now and whenever it coalesces? Uh, it can be changed. There's no such thing as it being cast in stone. Uh, they would like to see, too, the fact that it would become inevitable from their point of view. That's why they're trying to change time and events. By looking in the future, there is a project called the Project Looking Glass, which is a view into the future. There are other more complex machines today built from the 70s onward where they can travel in time as well as look in time. They have uh, some, shall we say, some restrictions on that in terms of the future. All right, Al. Uh, out of state, you're on the air in Las Vegas with Al Bielik. Where are you calling from, please? I'm calling from Alaska. Alaska, all right. 
I, uh, I believe you're absolutely correct about the uh, who did the experiment, the New World Order, the international bankers that took over our gold standard back in 1913. Right. Um, I'm sure you're absolutely right. I'm the guy that predicts earthquakes, and we're going to have some in September. Okay. All right. Any questions, sir? What? Any questions from Mr. Bielek? Oh, yeah, questions. Um, gosh, I don't know how you're going to be able to prove to anybody you're telling the truth, but um, uh, I don't really have a question. Good luck. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Uh, well, I can indirectly answer his question. Proof today of this is very difficult. The proof was almost in my hand several times, but uh, let's say the government moved faster and got there first. Well, they have lots of resources, Al. They have vast resources, believe me. All right. Line three, you're on the air with Al Bielek. Good morning. Yes, hi, Art and Al. Al, I'd like to know if you're related to the uh, Dr. Cameron in uh, Canada that was working with the CIA in mind control experiments. Not that I know of. The family name is the same. <clears throat> and of course, I didn't tell the story of how I became Al Bielek, but nevertheless, I am fully aware of the Cameron story in Canada and MK Ultra and the whole CIA project up there. And believe me, when I visited Montreal to give a series of lectures about... Uh, Years ago, I asked this question of my host if they heard of or knew of the Dr. Cameron. He says, oh, yes, we all know about him up here. And the Canadians were not pleased when they found out what was going on. Yes, I do know and him. As far as I know, he's not directly related. Okay, because he, his father was a Duncan Cameron, and he graduated from Glasgow. I thought you might be related. But his did you say your, your brother, Cameron. was he involved with a sodomy project, that Montauk project? I'm sorry, what was that again? Your your brother, was he was he involved with abducted boys who were, you know, the sodomy project, the Montauk project? Yes, he was involved with the Montauk project. I was also, but as Al Bielek. And uh, we were both involved, as well as some other people including Preston Nichols. Duncan was heavily involved with the Montauk Project, that's true, but that is Duncan in the new body. That's uh, another aspect of the story that's hard to go into, but he died in uh, in the project in the 83, and he was born and replaced, shall we say, put into another body back in 1963, which had been born in 51. Oh, you know, metaphysics, it's hard to believe and accept, but nevertheless... Uh, the groups working with the government are very capable of, shall we say, shoving souls around and putting them anywhere as they want. Uh, where are you calling from, ma'am? Salt Lake City. Okay, any other questions? Oh, that's fine. Thanks very right. much. Thank you very much, and uh, good morning. This, uh, yes, it's, you're beginning to get a bit metaphysical on us now, uh, Al, but you say it, I'm sure it all winds together. Uh, it all locks together, but I'll try to keep it to hard science and... Uh, Things which are, are directly observable. All right, out of state. You're on the air with Al Bielek in Phoenix. Where are you calling from, please? Calling from um, Alaska. From Alaska again. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, turn your radio off, sir. That's number one. Turn about your, that. Turn your radio off. Your caller is weak on the line. I really have a question here. Um, I hear these loose terms such as quantum mechanics and such and such, and uh, if he's anywhere near familiar with quantum mechanics, he'll understand that any one event can set out the chain reaction of many other events in an ever-expanding cone down a timeline. This is as dictated by Stephen W. Hawking, one of the world's, world's leading physicists who claims that we have not got a grand unified theory yet. My question is, how is he going to prove this? All right, thank you. That's a good question. Tell with the name uh, Hawkins. I have one of his books. Right, I've read it as well. How are you going to endeavor to prove what you're saying? 
Or even any portion of it, Al? Well, that's not easy. Uh, quantum physics does make certain statements, and then when the Navy engaged in certain experiments in 1973, which when I was given in the way of information, they wanted to go back in time and assassinate the man who was the father of the person they knew would be the new leader of the New World Order. Uh, they assumed that by assassinating the father before he married that the son alive today would disappear. Right. They went back in the past, assassinated the man, and the son didn't disappear. Nothing happened to him. So they scratched their heads and they went to the physicist and they said, aha, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, and time is quantized as well as the physical universe. Therefore, you only affect the events within the area where you were. You do not affect the entire time stream into the future. Now, that is what their statement was. And so I you, you, you create a temporary uh, disturbance only. But not a complete disruption. And it kind of folds back into its original line. Yes. <laughs> but that's not entirely true. Something. Because what they were using was a time machine which was operating on a single line reality only. Montauk was capable of encompassing all the alternate realities. Oh, my. Uh, wait, let's keep moving here. A lot of people want to talk to you, Al. Um, out of state, you're on the air with Al Bielik in Phoenix. Where are you calling from, please? Good morning. You're on the air. Hi, Art. Hello. Where are you calling us from, sir? Ma, Ogabugaland. Oh, I don't think we'll deal with that. 